What's up, Sifters, and welcome to Game Face, episode 275 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. We're here to discuss the biggest games and topics from the past week, and alongside me to do that is Matthew. Kyle, what's up, Matt? Not much. How's uh, life treating you? All right. Pretty good, actually. What's that What's that you got sitting there next no, to you, Matt? That's my new toy. <laughs> Wait, the, do you guys see this? This is the RoboSen Optimus Prime. I am the leader of the Autobots. So, oh, no. I'm going to turn what? Oh, it didn't work. No, nah, because i got to tell him to. Oh, right, right. Uh, I, I guess set it up so he's got room. Okay. Hey, Optimus. Greetings. Transform. <laughs> Do some more of the other stuff it does. Oh, uh, hey, Optimus. Greetings. Megatron. Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost. <laughs> Honestly, I think the coolest thing is transforming back into the truck. Oh, yeah? If you can do that. Hey, Optimus. Greetings. Transform. like the snap to attention i love i love how the heels snap together when he transforms back into the truck that is so freaking cool matt how <laughs> where did you get that and how much was it i ordered it from hasbro's web store it was 750 dollars so Woo! one and a half playstation fives <laughs> uh hey optimus greetings victory That is so sweet, dude. It worth every penny. If I could afford it, I yeah, would it's, not. Yeah, it's pretty great. I would, um, if I could afford it, I would not regret buying it. They are uh, they're sold out right Connection now. complete. But they, uh, there's more coming in the spring, if should you decide you want to do that to yourself financially. <laughs> uh, and then there's a there's an app where you can do poses that and, and stuff that they you can download, like new ones. Uh-huh. So you can, do, uh, you can do the Iron Man landing. People are asking if it works with Alexa. No. No? No, it's a separate thing. And so you have it has its own proprietary it its own, app? Yeah, it has its own app. You download, like, uh, from the Google Play Store or the App Store. Uh-huh. And that's it. Pretty freaking sweet. He's posing. <laughs> this, is, this pose is called Be Cool. Be Cool. <laughs> so awesome. The sounds for it are pretty sweet, too, man. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. You never know what you're going to get on Game Face, because we got Matt on the show. <laughs> there, there's the, the heel click. <laughs> That's awesome. So anyway, welcome to Game Face. Uh, this week's episode, a <laughs> couple notes before we get going here. Um, next week's episode... 
will not be on Tuesday. It will be on Wednesday. I am going out of town for a long... What's up, Optimus? (laughs) Had to disconnect him. Hey, Optimus. Greetings. Shut down. Autobots never give up. Sweet. Uh, So the show next week will not be on Tuesday. It'll be on Wednesday. Uh, Still at the same time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm headed out of town for a long weekend. Um, And it's not so much that I wouldn't be back in time to do a show on Tuesday. It's that... I would not have enough time to play games to do a show on Tuesday. Um, I just got review code for Guardians of the Galaxy last night, so I just started on that. But that's embargoed until, like, next week. And actually, I think the show being delayed a day may work in our favor. Mm -hmm. So, um, just, I need time to play games, because once Friday comes, I'm out, and I won't be back until, like, Sunday night or Monday morning. Um, So, remember that. Game face next week on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Do not show up on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Um, I may be able to even pop in the chat in case people do to let them know what's going on because um, I will be back by then. I just won't be ready to do a show. Uh, a couple other things before we get going. Um, let's see. Splinter Cell was confirmed this morning. Oh, yeah. Well, not officially, that. but it was from a really reliable source. Mm-hmm. Um so a new Splinter Cell is coming. We've actually discussed that a couple times. I've thought yeah, about like for years. Yeah, I thought about sliding it into the episode, but I was like, we've t- we There's just talked about it say. like six weeks ago. Yeah. It felt like so. Uh, we're not, it's not a part of the show, but I just wanted to share that with you before we got going. And then another note: um, there is a beta sign up right now for Elden Ring. Have you signed up for it? Yep. So did I. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in Elden Ring and you want to give it an early go, it was also delayed by like a month, right? To like February or something. Uh, yeah, it was delayed to February 25th. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Making February the most packed month in a long time if yeah. everything holds its date. Yeah. Um, so Elden Ring, one, it was delayed a month, but two, there are signups for a beta right now. Um, if you want to figure out where you can sign up, you just go to Sifted. Uh, .net and just search for Elden Ring and it's probably one of the top two stories on the Elden Ring game page um, and there's a sign up there it literally takes like two seconds to sign up they don't really ask for anything they're like what's your email address do you like all our other games and yeah. that's pretty much it um, and I did select like all of them plus the others because some of their older games weren't on there um, yeah I mean, I, I play Kingsfield. I know, I know, yeah, yeah, I know exactly. where you came from, boys. Yeah. There's a couple other ones that, that weren't on there as well. So mm. A lot um, of Armored Cores are not on there. Yeah, and I don't think Chrome Hounds was on there either. No. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the housekeeping before we get started. I saw some people in chat wondering what we're going to do on the show today, because it has been a slow week in game releases, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, oh, one other thing before we get going, and some of you guys won't care about this because you haven't been affected by it, but we finally fixed the audio on Game Face. It has been months long that I've worked on this. Um, I came in here this week and basically sat on the phone with the company for hours trying to figure out what was going on, and I think we figured it out. Um, And some people were like, what are you talking about? The only way you could hear the audio problems is if you were listening to the video version with really good headphones. Hmm. Otherwise, you couldn't hear it. I mean, I listen to the podcast version of the show every week, most every week, and you can't hear it at all. Um, for some reason, when it gets sent through the process of turning into an MP3, the pops would disappear. Uh, but if you're watching the show on Sifted or on YouTube with cans on, like good cans, you could just hear this pop like happening in the background like constantly. And it was sucked. And I've been working on it forever, and I finally got it figured out, I think. Um, so if you're one of those people who listens to the show on YouTube or on Sifted with headphones, and you've been hearing this audio distortion and these pops... Uh, let me know if they're gone. I think they're gone. We did like three test files, um, and they were all clean. So 
I'm really excited about that. I know you guys don't care, but I've been working on it for like months trying to figure it out. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, but anyway, back to what I was saying. If you were wondering, like, how are we going to do a show this week? We have plenty of topics. I think we have a good show today. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, as you might expect, we're going to kick things off with Back for Blood. We talked about this game not that long ago, six weeks maybe, five weeks. Yeah, for its whatever beta. the beta was. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it is, and now I believe this even more firmly than I did when we talked about it last time, it is absolutely a Left 4 Dead clone. Oh, yeah. In all the best and worst ways, mm-hmm. um, I would argue. Matt, have you spent some more time with it? I mean, I've played like half the first act uh, enough to know that I never need to play it again. <laughs> I, I already uninstalled it. You like, were I'm, a I'm big done. Left 4 Dead fan back well, in the day. That's the problem is I loved, I played Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 probably a, like four or five hundred hours total and i don't ever want to do that again like like, not that i'm afraid i'd be addicted to back for blood because i wouldn't it's just like it's like if you you really loved a particular food or particular thing and you did it over all the time it's it's like and i'm just to the point that i it's it's like it's like you ate something so much that you're nauseous just looking at it oh you know like you never want to eat that again it's like tequila yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the, first, how the first liquor I ever got sick on, and I've never been able to drink it since. Yeah, that's how I feel about uh, Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about a few games that I've played too much. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Star Online has a similar effect. The menu music of Fantasy Star Online literally makes me a little It queasy. triggers you. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, nope, don't need to do that again. Like, and, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I played, like, the, f- the first few, two or three of the, you know, the opening chapter, you know, Act 1 stuff, mm-hmm. and I got to the safe house on the third one, I think, and just, I'm done. Like that's it. Like I, I get it. Like I played it. It's it's a much it's a smoother playing Left for Dead. Um and I want nothing to do with it. I think what that says And that is entirely me. That is not a criticism of the game. Yeah. I think they nailed what they're trying to do. It's just I can't play it. Well, I think that also speaks to the to a big point that I have, which is they have really failed to innovate in any Oh no, there's nothing new here. Appreciable way. No. I mean, the card system is supposed to be its big switch up. And I will say this. This is one the thing. The bots are smarter. <laughs> the bots are smarter. Than yeah. Left 4 Dead. I mean, they're yeah. not smart. They're not good. Like, yeah. you're not going to make it through the game with them. But they are not complete idiots like the, the Left 4 Dead ones were. Now, the one thing I do feel like I came to appreciate more when I played the final version versus the beta version is the card system. Because when I was first playing the beta, I didn't quite understand it. I didn't quite get how they worked. And now that I've played a ton more of the game, I do understand how they work. And they are, they do alter the game pretty significantly. Um, like some people, you'll start a, a game and you'll see changes in the game. Like there'll be fog, like really intense fog. And in this game, that makes a huge difference mm-hmm. because it's all about kind of getting ahead of the horde to make sure you don't get overwhelmed and get kind of swarmed by them. Yeah, I, I will say that there's one of the big differences between Left 4 Dead and this is that this has larger areas with a longer line of sight. Like, you can yeah. see what you're walking into more That's often. That's true, yeah. Um, Unless there's which the fog a, card plate yeah, or whatever. But there's a technical limitation on Left 4 Dead for that, but this is this does take advantage of the better hardware we have now, where it's like, oh, I can see where all these monsters are. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will still crawl out of nowhere and oh, spawn yeah. out of They'll nowhere. They'll just jump over a like, fence yeah. out of nowhere. And like, there's suddenly giant ones running behind you in the in the apartment building hallway you already cleared and yeah, looked yeah. in every room of, but it's, I guess he was just in you know, a closet somewhere. I don't know. You never feel safe in this game. No. Because you can clear out an area, and it doesn't matter. If you have your back against a wall... They'll just climb over the wall right behind you and start attacking you from behind. So you never do truly feel safe unless you're in the safe house in this, um, which I guess some people may like that. Some people may not like it. 
Uh, but the card system, as I started learning it, it does add a layer to the game. Mm-hmm. And a big part of it, too, is coordinating with your teammates so that... Because the cards, a lot of the cards that you decide to play from your deck affects your teammates as well. Um, and so if you actually are on the headset and you communicate with your team while you're picking your cards, you can make sure that you're kind of covering your bases or you're setting your cards up for how you want to play. Um, the other thing I would say, too, is... And look, I haven't played a game that... I used the voice chat for a long time. But after I played this for a couple hours, I realized I kind of needed to use the the headset, and I did. And it does make a big difference. Not so much like in-game being like, hey, like come and revive me or whatever. It's before the game. So while you're setting up your cards, it's really helpful. When you're choosing your loadouts in safe houses or before the game starts, it's really helpful. Um, because you really do kind of want each of the four players to have kind of a different loadout as far as like what their guns are. You want one sniper. You want someone with a shotgun. Um, You want someone with an SMG. You want someone with an assault rifle. Um, And the big reason you want to do that is because of ammo. Um, Ammo can be scarce in this game at times, particularly if you start playing on the harder difficulty settings. And if you have two people with the same gun, you end up fighting over the ammunition a lot. Yeah, because the ammo is all specific to guns. Yep. So it's like it's not it, like just general ammo. Right. The ammo is specific to the assault rifle mm-hmm. or the sniper rifle. And so if you have two people with sniper rifles and there's not that much ammo, you're fighting over it. One person ends up with ammo, another person ends up without it. Um, so there's some nuance to this that maybe is a little more advanced over Left 4 Dead, but otherwise it is literally just a clone. Um, it's here's here's my big problem. So people have been complaining about. If you play the game by yourself, there's no progression. You mm-hmm. can play by yourself with a bunch of bots, but it never saves anything. So, and it also doesn't unlock achievements, and it doesn't unlock anything inside the game. It's basically just a wasted mode. And people have been complaining about that, and I totally get it. My big complaint is that the progression, even if you're playing with other people online, I haven't even, I've still yet to figure it out, Matt. I do not know how it works. I ended up playing the first act of this game for like two days before I finally got to the second act and I have no idea what happened different to get me through it. You can play, so what I did at first was I started playing by myself and I set it up so anybody could join. People did and we made it through like the fourth section of the first act. It saved at that point. And that's where I ended up being saved at for like two days because if you wanna pick up from that point, you go to start the game and you're like, okay, I wanna continue my online campaign. You do that, and you sit there. You have to hope that there's somebody else who wants to start at that exact act, at that exact point of that act. So I was on act one, part four. I could never find people to match up with. So Hmm. I'd sit there for like five or ten minutes waiting for for the matchmaking to work. It wouldn't work. And then I'd back out, and I'd just select quick play. If you select quick play, you get no progression. None. At least... I haven't figured out how to progress playing in another person's game. Maybe somebody can chat can help me out with this. I have completely flummoxed by this. Like like I said, I eventually made it to Act 2 and to Act 3. I could not tell what happened to make it work so that I got to those acts. So as I said, I've played the first act of this game over and over again. And it doesn't help either because the first act was also a part of the beta. So I had already played it a ton. I could literally write a strategy guide for the first act <laughs> of Back for Blood. Not that I would want to. Writing strategy guides are some of the most soul-crushing work in the games industry. Um, but I could write one for the first act of this. So I've played it so much. 
Um, you had brought up when we were talking about the beta, you know, how I felt about, you know, the quips and kind of the writing and if it helps build the characters. And I think I said that, well, you know, I only got to play like two little sections of this. So maybe once I play the final game, I'll get a better read on it. It, it real that hasn't changed either playing the full game. Um, there's plenty of writing and there's plenty of banter uh, between characters and things like that. Um, but it's not particularly fun, funny or interesting or clever um, or even really context sensitive. Like sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm out of ammo. I need ammo or, you know, help me up when I when you need revived. But there's not a lot of stuff that's like nuanced as far as like, oh, my gosh, they're breaking in over there. Like go over to the right side of the map. Like none of that kind of stuff really happens. Um, but if you want to kill a bunch of zombies cooperatively, this is a good spot to do it. And look. I totally get that a lot of you guys didn't play Left 4 Dead and didn't play Left 4 Dead 2. You know, maybe you didn't even get into gaming until after um, those games had kind of had their day in court, so to speak. It's been a while. Yep. And for people like that, like, I think this is maybe a pretty good investment. Um, I mean, I've spent a ton of hours with it between the beta and then the final version. Um, so if I had paid full price for it, I probably still have already got my money's worth. Yeah, I only played it because it was on game pass oh if it, if it was on game pass i would never have played this i didn't game. even realize it was on game pass yeah. i mean the base you know you don't get any of the deluxe content or uh-huh anything. but yeah, yeah it's on game pass oh that's great um then i highly if you have game pass this is a no-brainer and you guys have probably already been playing it if that's the case um i didn't even realize it was on there um but for those of you who don't know maybe you are young enough that you never played left for dead or left for dead 2 it is a cooperative zombie shooter with four players um, you basically fight from safe house to safe house. When you get to a safe house, there's a place to heal up. There's a trunk where you can buy new weapons and items. Um, a lot of the cards that you get kind of manipulate that. So certain cards that you play will give you the ability to have like two health or first aid kits instead of just one or three grenades instead of just one or three toolkits instead of just one. And these toolkits are these this item that you can have that will let you unlock these kind of secret doors that you find throughout the levels. And if you get into those, like they're a treasure trove. They're some of the best weapons you'll find on each, in each map. Um, there's tons of health in there. So if you're kind of struggling along, um, the other thing I would say too, is that if you're new to this franchise and even people who maybe aren't, I do recommend playing this on rookie. If you Mm -hmm. play it on the middle difficulty setting, it is extremely frustrating and you really, have to coordinate with teammates to make it through if you play on the middle difficulty setting. And the easiest one isn't, it isn't a cakewalk. Like most of the zombies do go down with a couple well-placed bullets. Um, But when you start fighting some of the bigger creatures in the game that take a lot more than that, and you, and you take that into consideration with the fact that sometimes you just get swarmed by like 30 or 40 zombies at once. To me, there was plenty of challenge. Like we, I failed constantly playing with three other players on rookie. Um, In fact, I can't remember a single time where I just found a group of players where we just walked through the whole game, like without dying or without having to start over or reset. Uh, so to me, the rookie difficulty I thought was plenty of challenges. So if you're a noob, I highly recommend that that's what you do instead of uh, jumping into the me- the medium. And there's a reason that it's set by default to rookie. Um, at least I believe there is because I think the developers realize like rookie is still pretty challenging. And for, especially for new players, um, it'll present enough of a challenge that I think people uh, will enjoy it if they're not crazy experienced. And look, I played both Left 4 Deads. I play shooters all the time, and I still had fun playing it on Rookie. Um, I didn't find that it was so easy that it was just pointless or anything like that. The boss fights are still tough. 
Um, and it, look, in addition to the fog, there's also other variants that just pop up throughout the game. So when I played the beta, there's this boss called an ogre. And I thought that there was just the one mission in that act where an ogre shows up, you fight it, it digs back into the ground, it disappears, and it comes back later. As it turns out, stuff like the ogre are like variables that are fired off based upon like the cards that you've played and things like that. So there, there look, it's no tornado in Battlefield 2042, but there's some cool stuff that just kind of pops up in this game out of nowhere uh, that'll definitely surprise you. And believe me, I learned this because I played the first act so many stinking times. Um, but again, if you play that middle difficulty setting, that's when you really got to coordinate. On Rookie, if there's like, okay, here's this thing, take it over here and set it down, like that's not a big deal. When you play on the middle difficulty setting, you really have to coordinate with your teammates um, to accomplish some of those more, I don't know, out of the ordinary goals that some of the, the missions will actually throw at you. Matt, what um, did you find anything refreshing about the game? No. No. Like, I mean, I didn't see a lot of the stuff you're talking about in that regard. I just you know, ran through it and must have been on rookie, I assume, because I didn't change anything in that regard. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it definitely d did what it said. It's if you wanted Left 4 Dead 3, it is pretty much it. Um, it plays, you know, plays pretty smooth. Uh, I, I found it pretty simple to get like, you know, precision shots on things. Like I was using uh, the rifles mostly and could headshot things pretty reliably. Uh, from the hip and aimed like the, the guns the gunplay seemed fine um, uh, Level design seemed fine. There was you know sections where it's like okay if you can get through the section You can sort of skip some stuff and not have to deal with it by the oh, somebody fell off the thing And now you got to help them and now you got to find a way back up and that means going through a lot more You know um, Yeah, I can definitely see you know how it would evolve and, and sort of uh, you know Like I said they use line of sight they use distance and size of the areas in a way that Left 4 Dead didn't because Left 4 Dead was not you know on that kind of Hardware at the time mm -hmm. um, So it's not like it they did nothing But it's not different enough and not intriguing enough for me to want to overcome my uh, Complete repulsion to, to, uh, to that specific franchise. There were a couple things that I brought up when we talked about it last time that I am going to re reiterate. You may have forgotten that I said them, or maybe you, you missed that episode of Game Face or something like that. Um, but I, I feel like the guns feel pretty good in this. Mm -hmm. um, I would even argue that some of the guns feel better in this than the, than the guns in Battlefield 2042, but there is a very healthy auto-aim. Um, there are sometimes the auto-aim is so bad that you're trying to side up another enemy and it will just snap over to one you're not trying to shoot um so it does there's a and i think honestly i think it may have like been jacked up from the beta and i don't know if that was some of the feedback that the studio got about it was that people were having problems targeting but the auto aim in the final version to me is way more generous than it was before hmm. um and another thing that may bother some people and it definitely bothers me is this is another one of those co-op games where People run ahead and get all the good stuff. Um, there was mm -hmm. one time I got matched up with these two guys who were just destroying. Like, they are just... It looked like they had played it, like, a billion times. And they literally left me and the other player, like, half a mile behind. And we were just left picking up scraps. Like, we couldn't even keep up with them. They just ran ahead, got all the good stuff, got to the safe house, and they were waiting at the safe house for us for, like, five minutes before we finally showed <laughs> up, me and the other player. And... So, again, to what I was talking about earlier, there's a finite amount of ammo for each weapon type. And so one of those guys had an assault rifle, and so did I. And granted, 
they had wiped out a lot of the enemies. We didn't have to fight that many of them, but I had no ammo by the time I got to the safe house because they had taken it. So that is an element of this game that is a common element in a lot of cooperative shooters that they have not managed to solve for this one. Um, just kind of some caveats that you should keep in mind. Um, I find that a little, like, I find that odd in a number of ways, just in part because it's like, who thinks ammo management is that fascinating? Like, yeah, I don't who know. Gives a sh- like, like, it's one thing if, like, you know, trying to trying to not run out of ammo in your magazine at a bad time, so you have to reload while these things are, that's one, that's that's fun. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a cool, you know, moment-to-moment management thing. But having to worry about running out of, out of ammo completely, and then, like, there's no way to fix, like, I don't know if that's an interesting problem especially in a game like this, you know, and, and I didn't feel like that was, I don't remember running out of ammo and left for dead much. Um, that I don't remember that being a problem that, that the idea that like people could hog the ammo wasn't really an issue. Like taking the guns I wanted. I remember that was a constant argument, like who got this gun or right. that gun, but I don't remember having a, I remember just, I think it was just like ammo things where this, like everybody just got refilled on the ammo and maybe there was limited cho- numbers, but I think it was four reloads on each thing at least. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the the health, like you you know usually there was four health packs at the safe house or at the at the checkpoint places or whatever. Yeah. Um, well, there's like things on the walls yeah. now, but it has like four uses or whatever. Yeah. And people can do it twice and take one of your yeah. like health charges, which is pretty dirty, but it happens. Uh, the yeah. other thing I would say too. That's is, the other thing that's, that's unappealing about this to me is like, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play with other people. Yeah. Because <laughs> you do get jerks. Like, yeah. um, like I, again, it's something I mentioned the last time we discussed it is you can fall off ledges in this and you're hanging there on the ledge as if you're dead yeah. in your, or you're downed. And so you have to wait. <laughs> yeah, Leopard Dead 2 did that. So you have to wait for someone to come over and like lift you up on the ledge. And some people just troll you. Mm-hmm. They'll come over to the ledge and they'll act like they're going to lift you up and they'll just run away. Like, so there's like, again, to your point about you have to play with other people there there's definitely caveats to that and i had not used voice chat for a long time and you end up with an idiot who just likes to hear himself talk all the time or Or playing music yeah or you end up with like two people who are best bros who sit there and have a conversation about what happened in high school that day Mm -hmm. and you would sit there and listen to them talk about the most idiotic crap for like an hour so there, it is interesting. I had not used voice chat for a while. I saw the good and the bad in it in the span of the few days that I played the final version of this game. Um, and then another thing is I played the beta on PS5. I played the final version on Series X, and I would argue it looks better on Series X. Hmm. There's There was some screen tearing that I saw in the PS5 version, which is kind of starting to become a little bit of a theme that I've been seeing lately, which is not encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, everything looked crisper and clearer on Series X than it did on PS5. I don't know why. Probably higher resolution. Maybe. I I don't know why that is, but to me... Series X is a little more powerful. Yeah. Like in a raw sense. In a raw sense, yeah. And so, to me, it looked a little better, um, on Series X than it did on PS5. If you're someone who owns both and you're maybe trying to figure out Mm -hmm. which one you should buy. Also, if you have Game Pass... Just yeah. play it on that. How did I not realize it was on there? I, I guess I didn't check because they sent me a code for yeah, it. Yeah, sent a code just... for the PS5 version. Why would you look? No, I, the final version I played was Xbox Series X. Oh. They sent me. Why would they even bother sending me review code for Series X? I guess because it would be earlier. Well, I guess they don't know if I have a sub to Game Pass. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they can't expect you to. Yeah. Um, look, I did enjoy it, and I have enjoyed it. I haven't finished it yet. I've played more than enough to inform you guys on whether you guys should buy it or not, though. I, I guarantee that. In some parts, I'm an expert on Act 1 of Back for Blood. Let me just tell you that. Um, and I have had fun had fun with it. It's a mindless kind of game 
that when you play it on the higher difficulties, it becomes far less mindless and maybe too mindful for having to coordinate with randoms online. Mm-hmm. If you have I, a group of three friends that you can always play with, you're golden. Yeah, if I still had a group of regular online playing friends like I did you know, 10 years ago or whatever, it'd probably be different. But. I think that's one of the worst Although, parts about getting old, Matt, is that yeah. I don't have people to play games with online anymore. Hardly any of my friends that I used to play with play games online. Yeah, but at the same time, like I don't really miss it. Like I, I, I don't, I never liked being beholden to sort of schedules of like, oh, tonight we got to do this, tonight we got to. Yeah. And part of that was because like you know, like back then, I lived a much more you know structured and uh, you know home home focused life with my live in girlfriend and all. There was yeah. no, there were no you know plans or surprise. You know, now I'm tried. I'm a little more spontaneous about what I do. Um, so I don't like having like Thursday every Thursday locked down to play online games. You know, yeah. like. I'm just, it's one of the reasons I was, I've never got super into MMOs. This is like, I don't want to do that every night. So, uh, I don't, I don't miss playing multiplayer games much. It was, it was a good run, uh, but I'm, I'm, I liked it more for the social aspect. Like, my buddies play, I'll play poker now. And I like poker, it's fine, but they literally play poker three nights a week online on Zoom and blah, blah, blah. It all started with COVID. Right. I'm sure. I would rather, play back for blood with them than yeah. sit and play poker with well, I would I like poker but I would I don't find online poker particularly I like in person in person poker. Yeah. yeah when you can actually read when you can actually players. play the game right. with people yeah. yeah yeah I agree with that um, but they have all thrown away gaming to be po- want to be poker stars so all right. I do miss it and I do wish that I could still play games with my friends back from back in Philadelphia it was a good way to kind of stay in touch with them and just kind of catch up in other words, be that annoying person that I was complaining about earlier from high school where they're talking mm-hmm. about, like, oh, Sally's dating, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anyway, I have had fun with the game. If you're wondering if there's, like, a story in it, not really. There's, like, these little cut scenes that kind of happen. Yeah, like it's, it's less of a story and more of a situation. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. Because if you watch this trailer, you might be fooled into thinking, oh, there's, like, a plot that, like, I follow no, not really. Like, there's a – the one guy is new – like, you know, the, yeah. the younger guy has been recently acquired by the group. And yep. there's clearly, like, they, they hint clearly at, like, history between various characters, but it doesn't really, doesn't at least from what I much. saw, it didn't go into really much. Yeah, it doesn't amount to much. It's You're not going to play this game for the story. No. I'll, t- I'll just like tell the you The one older right. woman's name is Chris, but they, the, the others insist that she'd be called Mom for right. some reason. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah. Well, it's a little weird. It's a little off, um, but it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Like, also, like... I guess the you know the the, the zombies in this are called the ridden because yep. they're 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 parasites like in, in this it's like they're worms that are yep. that are in the, that have infected yeah. them yeah and like to the point that when you in the scene in the in the close if you're close up to one or if you see it in like the cutscenes like worms fly out of them when they get yeah. killed like when they shoot them and stuff that would definitely infect you like that <laughs> oh, yeah like the part of the part of the 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 thing that kept yeah this is a stupid nit nitpick but it's like. That would definitely get you. Like if you were anywhere yeah. near one of these things and got that on you, there's the odds are it would get in you more. It's not like the the magic zombie thing where it's like if you get bitten, you turn into one. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's sort of the well, it's easy. It's like way. The Walking Dead. They'll blow a zombie's head off. Blood will fly all over their face. Right. And obviously would go in their eyes and in their, in their eyes mouth. and mouths. No, yeah, apparently and they not. Just soldier on. Only yeah. if only if it's a bite for <laughs> right. some reason. <laughs> it's absurd. It's a contrivance. And it's like, well, it has to be in the saliva. I'm like, do you think no saliva? A, a corpse is not producing saliva, so what are you talking about? Right. B, do you think when you blow their head apart, some of that <laughs> substance, whatever you want to call it, isn't part of the head 
splatter that gets in your face. Yeah. Like, it's best not to think about it. It's a, it's a plot <laughs> it's device. really not. But just like, turn off your brain while you're playing. Um, but I, do I also think- found it, like, just as a Left 4 Dead person, I found, like, the, the special, you know, the special types of zombies are all su- have such clear equivalents to Left 4 oh, Dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To the point that it annoyed me that they were calling them by different names. Right. I'm just like, just call it a bloater. Like, they just can't, call- probably. They can- I'm sure they can't. Yeah, they absolutely yeah. can't. They, they, but it's just it's just Left 4 Dead with a serial number filed off in a lot of yeah. places. And, it, and I found that, like, weirdly annoying, even to someone who would never want to play Left 4 Dead again. Not as annoying as how repetitive the enemies are in this game, though. I yeah, mean, I mean, that's just, that's also true to the to the brand yeah i mean again that's something i'm wondering if you know when they finally kind of ditch this two-gen development if maybe that will be a part of games that can change going forward is with games like this you get more than there's literally like four regular enemy types and then there's probably like five special zombies or special creatures the bigger ones or the ones that have special attack patterns or special abilities and then there's the ogre Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. Like, pretty much everything that you just saw in that trailer that we showed after the B-roll, that's kind of the whole game's content in a nutshell. And it's just new levels, and most of the mission objectives, they aren't very creative. It's like, hey, defend this spot. Turn on this jukebox. It's going to call all the zombies. And defend the jukebox. And then after you defend the jukebox, you get in a Humvee, and you take off, and the mission's over. Like, that's kind of how it plays out. It's mostly just like... Well, at least the jukebox is okay. <laughs> It's mostly just get from point A to point B and get to the safe house, restock, heal up, fight to the next point. Um, And then depending on the cards that you've played and some of the other elements, you may get, you know, an ogre thrown in there uh, or some other special zombies. But for the most part, it's just kind of a rinse and repeat game. Yeah. Um, That was that's kind of my problem. Yeah. Um, I've rinsed and repeated a lot. (laughs) Many times before. I've I've said this a couple times in the last couple months. Something I cognitively try to do is remember that there are people who have not played all the games that I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've played like side scrolling platformers. I've played a billion of them. A lot of people haven't. Left for Dead, cooperative shooters. I've played just hundreds of them, literally hundreds of them. Some people may have played one or two. So um, I feel like that's something I need to be aware of as I continue to get older and the median age of the game player slowly creeps up but for the most part is still staying in that same place so yeah, i don't know what the reason but for a long time the median age of the gaming of gamers was my age right and continued to be that as i got older mm-hmm. because partly but we've left it in the dust now because the average age has not increased at the same rate as our age has because you're always going to have the younger players joining at the True. bottom end of the scale um so the you know when i was 33 i think i think i was the average age of the gamer but it's still like 33 or it's like now it's up to like 35 or something like uh, that. 34. Yeah. yeah. And it was 33 like 12 years ago. So the average age of the gamer goes up slowly, much slower than we age. Um, so that's just something I'm trying to keep in mind. I know all you guys aren't like us. You haven't been playing games for 40 years or whatever long it's been. Um, and so I try to keep that in mind when I evaluate games and try to give some games the benefit of the doubt where – Really, in my heart, I'm like, this is like a game I've played like a hundred times. It's uh, it's an interesting thing that you have to do because this is all new. We're like the first wave of people to really evaluate games on the level that we evaluate them on. Us and kind of all our colleagues that started back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so this is all fresh and new. I'm dealing with stuff like this. Getting older while the median age, you're kind of leaving it behind. 
Um, and I, just I mean, if you never played Left 4 Dead and this looks interesting to you and you have people that you can rely on to play with, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean i got to play it. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's true. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's Back for Blood. It's available for everything but Switch. Uh, that's not going to be a game that they can get to work on the cloud. Like no, I, other... I feel like that would be a hard sell. Yeah. yeah, an online game like that, trying to play a cloud version of that. So it's probably never coming to Switch. Um, I will say this, though. I mean, might be fun to watch people try to do that. Oh, my gosh. To try to get it to run over five frames a second or whatever. Even if you chop down all the detail on everything uh, with that many zombies, I don't know. Did World War Z ever release for Switch? I don't remember. Because it's very similar. Um, and I think I even said the last time we discussed this that, like, if you can find World War Z for, like, five or ten bucks, I would recommend that over Back mm-hmm. for Blood. Um, both games have their strengths and their weaknesses, but my guess is World War Z at this point is way cheaper. Unless you have Game Pass. Right. And if you have, if you have, game, if you have game Pass, they've already played it. And they're like, I know, Shane. Shut up mm-hmm. and move on to the next topic. So um, anyway, there you go. That's Back for Blood. Again, available for everything. It's on Game Pass. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, you've either played it or you just haven't booted it up for a while. But it's there. Um, and as Matt said earlier, it is just a standard edition, but who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you get with the other versions? Some cosmetics or some crap? Like It's not worth the extra money. It's not. No. Absolutely. And if you have Game Pass, it's definitely not. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game developer that I can't figure out, Matt. I can't hmm. figure out why he's so popular. Um, I have played most of his games and i honestly was surprised to find out today when i really started looking into it this morning that he had made games from the original playstation era mm-hmm. uh, if you're wondering who we're talking he about goes way back yeah he goes way back he, he also looks like he's like 19 still yeah he's ageless he's it's some, insane some kind of vampire that's why i never would have guessed that he made game had made games for so long if you're wondering who we're talking about it's sweary he let's see i've created a list of some of his more popular games Probably his most popular is Deadly Premonition. And have there mm-hmm. been three of those or two of those? Two, two of those. Two of those. And it is like a detective adventure with some supernatural stuff thrown in there. It's Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. Like, the first game is literally Twin Peaks, like, fan fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, there's an equivalent of every Twin Peaks character in that game. Wow. Shameless. Uh, instead of a log lady, there's the pot lady. The sheriff is basically, yeah, I mean, they're all there. It's all there. Yeah, it, like playing that is just like, oh, you are just. Ma- I mean, the main character is an FBI agent who talks to himself all the time. Through, <laughs> like, like it's literally just Agent Cooper, except in Deadly Premonition, it turns out he really is possessed by a demon. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, yeah. A second game is weirder in terms and of more broken. It seems like. Uh, yeah, I mean they they put some patches up to try to fix it, but it still runs like ass. Uh, and I never finished it. I couldn't. I didn't either. Because also because like part of the charm of the first game was how just like the first game is not good. It's it's broken and janky and hard to play. And the gameplay is awful. The shooting is terrible. But like there's something like weirdly earnest about it. There's something like you the, the music is like you can't decide whether you like the music or not. But the music fits somehow. But it also makes it more endearing. Like the the acting is Still, t- it, it feels like a relic from from the PS One days almost, but it also like I would say that all his games feel like that. There's, there's an element of that, but it's like there's something there's just something charming about some of them, not all of them, but some of them, and like it's sort of it's sort of like Suda Fifty One in a way, or uh, in a way where it's like 
these it, aren't the similar. most polished yeah. thing in the world, but no one else is doing anything like this. So you kind of like appreciate what you're being given, even if it's not fully baked. Yep. Um, and then continuing on his cavalcade of releases, D4, Dark Dreams Don't mm-hmm. Die, and The Missing were all kind of the bigger games that most recently were released before this one, which is called The Good Life. Um, Matt, why do you think Swery kind of has this cachet? Well, I don't know if I'd really say he does. Like, he, he, he operates very much on the fringes of sort of the small-budget game. Um, but there are so many people that make small-budget games, and we have no idea who those people are. But we know him. We do, but I, f- I feel like most people are not going to know who Swery 64 is, 65 is. See, I can't even remember what number he is. I didn't know he had a number. Yeah. I just know him as Swery. Swery, he goes by Swery 65, I think, or 60, yeah. I, I remember first learning about him as Swery 65. Huh. Um, in Deadly Premonition era. Uh, yeah, I mean, Deadly Premonition is probably the peak of his stuff, the first one. That's that's the, that's the <laughs> believe it or not, that's where everything kind of came together the best. Yeah. Um, this one was a Kickstarter, The Good yeah. Life. Uh, yeah. I did not Kickstart it because it sounded very strange and there was sort of this element of like... And it is. It is, but there's an element of like, are you actually going to be able to pull that off in the way you're describing it? And the answer is no. Um, <laughs> but it, it, everything that was said in the Kickstarter to be there is there, but it's just there in a very rudimentary fashion. Matt, well, how do they describe this game on Steam? There's a very funny... Like, the description is something like, you know, go to a, a quaint English town in this... A uh, charming debt repayment RPG or something. <laughs> like the, the the implication is that like it's mostly going to be about this woman going to this like little English hamlet and um, doing a photojournalism assignment to repay her debts back home. Yeah, she's like way in debt, and she yeah. goes to this small town to take photos to make the money to yeah, pay off. Somehow her debt. Pat, that's going to be a big money maker for her <laughs> uh, in ways that are not explained. And by the well, they end, do explain of, it eventually. Sort of, but by the end of the, makes, she goes on the Flamingo app, which is basically Instagram, right. and starts selling her photos there. Yeah, or doesn't selling. She's them, also but. supposed to be paid by the publication she works right. for for apparently a lot of money for doing this job that no one would ever care about. But then by the end of the first day, like the, the she meets a, a weirdly chipper girl in a wheelchair uh, named Elizabeth whose head moves independently of her hair <laughs> in the character model. It's and, and the weirdest thing is like there's a lot of scenes where Elizabeth gets a huge like ma- like major close up to make her seem creepy or whatever. Uh-huh. And you can see the character model's head vibrating under the hair which is a separate piece like stuck yeah. on the character model and you're like is that intentional or like why wouldn't you like there she is. You'll even see it I think a little bit here. Like you can kind of see that the hair is not attached to, to her the head. head. And I'm like, why? If you're going to show that character model that close all the time, why wouldn't you? Maybe it's intentional. I don't know. This um, is one of those games that I talk about where I say it feels like it's held together with scotch tape. Yeah, there's, it all feels it, like it's always on all the, his games right are like on that. the edge of crashing. Um, <laughs> yeah, all his games are a little bit like that. Um, and by the end of the first, and by the end of the first, she's basically told you to like enjoy the the most happiest town on earth, or whatever. But then she also said, don't go out at night. Because it's too dangerous, and you're like, "What?" And you do anyway, and it turns out that everybody in the town transforms into dogs and cats at the full moon, and then you end up chasing, except for Elizabeth, and you end up chasing her into the woods and finding a witch's cabin who makes a concoction for you that turns you into a cat. Yeah. And then you, after that, you can turn into a cat whenever you want, and you can even do it in front of people. No one bats an eye. 
Like it's just that's that's a game mechanic now. You can just transform into a kitten with sunglasses on her head whenever you want. And then the cat can climb up walls. Cat can climb walls. Cat can hunt things and like get you get you. Uh, that's how you get crafting components because you have to use components to cook and to craft things to improve your house and, imp- and do complete quests and plant things in your garden and decorate your garden. Like it becomes like a weird Animal Crossing sort of thing eventually. It, this game reminds me a lot of Animal Crossing. And there's a, you know there's a clock running in at Bizarro all times, Land, <laughs> uh, and you have to be be places at certain times and. She has to sleep and eat and keep her stamina up. And and, and then, like, there's a whole thing where, like, you eventually do get to turn into a, a dog as well. And, like, the, the townspeople, because they turn into cats and dogs, either like cats or like dogs. So the more you time you spend or interact with them as a dog or a cat, the more they will like or dislike you. So there's a whole balance on that, too. Um, none of which is particularly well explained. Although I will say one of my favorite things in the game, like here you see the email, you're using this ancient computer in this house they give you when you when you arrive, yeah, they give they you a house. Give you a house. They give you a house with <laughs> land attached to it, and you you upload your photos to Instagram and stuff. And if you have like flamingo, man. flamingo, and if you um, if you have uh, you know things in them that are the current buzzword, you'll get more likes and more money right. from that. Um, the thing that I love is when you upload them. If you try to upload more than one at once. The subsequent ones take longer until the first one's done. Like, like you're literally on a dial-up connection, and it's <laughs> it, 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 like the first one takes like eight seconds to load up, but the third one takes like thirty. Yeah, and it's like that's a nice touch. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and then you can kind of watch the the likes go up, as right? They, and and usually it's pretty related to what the what's the subject of the photo. But every once in a while, I'm just like, I took a picture of a potted geranium, and I got like two thousand likes. <laughs> And like a picture of a cat killing a bird, or like, or like a bunch of cats and, and sheep in a meadow, like got like nothing. Yeah. Like, like people like very specific things, uh, or just a picture of the local local pub gets a huge amount of likes, and like a picture of like a rocker girl bartending gets nothing. Yeah. Like it's it's it's, uh, it's much, weird. Much rhyme or reason to it. Then again, that's social media for you. Yeah, and there's several meters that you have to keep track of. There's health. There's hunger. There's stamina. Charisma. And then a wellness meter. A wellness meter and a charisma meter. Yeah. Which goes back and forth depending on how pleasant, I guess, you are. I, it, I hadn't figured it all out. I haven't either. I and don't it, know that I want to, Matt. And then the, the stamina bar. <laughs> to be honest. There's a stamina bar for when you run. And if you, you run too long, you run out. But then it recharges. It's, and then, like, you can extend the stamina meter if you, like, eat the right food. Um, it's a lot of weird busy work. Yeah. In the name of sort of unraveling this mystery of this town. I feel like I, the game in general is just a lot of busy work. Yeah, unless There's you want to know like where it's going with like the weird mystery in the town. Like it's it's very much an adventure game. Yeah. That like doesn't with, let like, you doesn't let you skim, Well stuff. doesn't let you skimp on the transit sequences. Basically. Yeah. Eventually you can teleport between like these shrines, but it does cost money. Um there's you like gotta thing. run a lot around. You gotta run around yeah. a lot. Although like if, once when, you become the cat, yeah, it does, the, the cat's cat does much faster, run faster, and the cat but, can jump over walls, and like you're not yeah. as constrained by the by the weird environment. Which choices. is so weird. The, the, the beginning, you have to like run to the end of these walls. It won't let you climb over mm. the walls. Like, yeah. Like to some degree, <laughs> I think the implication is that Naomi is not someone who would climb a wall. But uh, as I a cat, I guess, guess. she doesn't care. I mean, um, if it keeps you from walking an extra mile, I think most people will climb a wall. But yeah. um, she's not used to that. She's she's a very surly character, <laughs> at least early on. Uh, Everybody you, else in the town is just a, a crazy person. Like yeah. that seems that seems to be Swery's thing. Is just like he's 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 enough of a Twin Peaks fan that he just constantly makes games about insane uh, towns of lunatics. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, as Matt mentioned, there is a working clock. You can see it in the top right of the screen there. There's a lot of mission objectives that you get where you're like, 
honestly, a lot of the mission objectives are just collect X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It seems to be 80% of the missions is like, go here and find this herb or find these seeds or whatever mm-hmm. um, before 8 a.m. or before whatever time. And so there's a lot of this, like, there's three things I need to gather. Here's where they are on the map. I have this amount of time to get it. What's the best pathway to take to make sure I collect them all and turn them in before the time expires? Um, and there's a lot of, you know, just making sure your character is it has eaten, has slept. Um, if you run too much, the stamina runs out. Uh, it's just one of those. It's like I said, it's like Animal Crossing on a really low budget with supernatural and detective elements. That's probably... If I had to write a sentence about the game, that is the sentence that I would probably write. Mm-hmm. As far as letting the most amount of people understand what the game is in a, in a very short uh, period of time. But I have not particularly enjoyed this, um, which prompted me to wonder aloud, why do people like Swery in his games? It, if I feel like there's this like cult built around him for some reason. I, I saw a lot of people... Online making excuses for Deadly Premonition 2 for just glaring issues and people being like, that's sweary. That's what he does. It's almost like they feel like he inserts bugs and stuff into his games on yeah, purpose. I, I mean, <laughs> I do find Deadly Premonition 1, or I did at the time, I found it very charming and unusual and I liked it very much and I finished it. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I went through the whole thing. Uh, I've never been able to replay it. It doesn't really, mm, it doesn't really like do anything for well, me. Well, what's the shock? You go through the the big moments in the shock the yeah. first time it loses its charm and a lot and then of like deadly premonition 2 just doesn't deadly premonition 2 makes the mistake of trying to recreate what i think was mostly accidental camp mm-hmm. um you can't intentionally make, make deadly accidental premonition. camp yeah. you can't like like you you can't recreate that there's, there's a lightning in a bottle element that like it feels like a lot of his subsequent games have been trying to recapture, and you just can't do that on purpose. Yeah. Um, this, I think, is probably the most successful at it since Deadly Premonition 1. Certainly Deadly Premonition 2 didn't really pull that off. Uh, D4 was a disaster um, to the point that it never got finished for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, I think, people who like Deadly Premonition 1 may find this to be the right balance of tedious and weird um, to sort of recapture that to some degree. Um, I'm, I wonder what TV show he's basing this on that I don't recognize. It's some, you know, it's, it's suddenly he's, he's enamored of the British countryside for some yeah. reason. Um, <laughs> Which makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, it's, I mean, there isn't, there's a, there's a tradition of that in sort of old anime, the sort of vaguely European cozy cottage core anime thing uh which like a lot of ghibli studio ghibli stuff falls like kiki's delivery service and a lot of that is there and like you saw like this this, that trans like a mid early mid 80s thing where a lot of stuff like took place uh lupin had that yeah um a bunch of but that was a that was a thing like that is a a thing over there and and so maybe it doesn't surprise me as someone of his age who's he's not much older than us but he would he would have a fondness for that in the same way i have a fondness for sort of like you know the hand-drawn mecha stuff from the '80s, like Gundam and and uh, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what they're, what they're referring to here. And like he clearly has. There's, a, I mean, there's a lot of Twin Peaks re- uh, uh, influence here anyway, because of the strange, you know, strange town obsession with food, um, finding mystery from an outsider kind of thing. Um, she's sort of, an, you know, Nami's sort of an opposite of. Um, uh, Agent Cooper, whereas Agent Cooper is a thoroughly pleasant and completely competent person 
who uh, finds the good in everything, and she's just a very bitter New Yorker who doesn't yeah. want to be where she is and continually calls the, the town a hellhole. Yep. Um, yep. Which it isn't. It's a very charming. T- I would be bored out of my mind after yeah. two days. But like, <laughs> right, it's, it's not it's, a hellhole. No, it's fine. Like, lady, you've never been to a hellhole. <laughs> that place is one. Uh, some comments from chat. Um, Texture Glitch says, Cults of personalities are not meant to be understood, Shane. Yeah. Which is true. I would say his cult of personality is not particularly large. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. It, like people swearing being beloved by a small group of people like that does not bother me in the way that Kojima's cult does. And then Justin Horman says, whenever I see something like a sweary game, or even Suda Fifty One, now I just mentally replace the names with mediocre, and I feel that ends up being true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not a stretch. Um, and then Sneaky says, in defense of a cult, who knows why? I'm part of the David Cage cult. And we're like nine million members. I think he might be. A little I think he might be a few the- few zeros <laughs> over the line on that one. Most people have no idea who that hack is. So. I don't think that they've ever sold nine million copies of any game they've made. Quantic Dream. Yeah, I don't remember what their sales numbers are. Heavy Rain. I don't think got there. But also, like that would be the Beyond. Ma- definitely didn't. That would get be there. that would be the um, total amount of sales, and I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people who play those games have no idea who he is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Probably so. Um, let's see what else. Um, the premise, Leonosaurus, the premise of this game sounds like something you'd read off of and it was censored. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, would you recommend people pick this up if they don't have Game Pass, Matt? No. Um, this, Do you I mean, recommend they play it on Game Pass even? I mean, it's it's worth trying on game pass it's just i mean it's bizarre like if, if any if any of what we've talked about have made you go like what like may, what if, you, if, if it's piqued your interest at all it's probably worth an install it's not that big a game yeah uh, you'll know in the space of like an hour if Easily. you want if you want to keep going or not yeah you figure it out real fast because also within an hour you start to realize what the loop is and yeah. that it's also pretty repetitive yeah and you can see like like that's awful like the, yes. like the animation of the cat and like <laughs> yeah. like there's something like the idea of turning into a cat and like 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 that's not even like that's like PS2. That's, that's yeah. like PS2 games were better than that. I mean, look at the places. character models in this. Like all the objects are really low poly. There's no reason for them to be low poly anymore. Mm-hmm. But this engine, it does like I've seen it chug a couple times. Yeah, and it's it's literally displaying like a couple hundred thousand polygons at certain points. It's not a very detailed game. Yeah, um, I, sneaky. I think you're really stretching the definition of huge on this. Uh, those games are not particularly well known. Vincent says that Detroit sold over two million. That's not. Yeah, that's not, not nine. much. That's not, <laughs> definitely not nine. No. Uh, I mean, I Detroit guess Detroit and especially Connor has a huge following. What's Connor? Connor's a character. In what? He's the isn't he the FBI the 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 agent guy in in Detroit. I think, Sneaky, you're in a cult, bro. <laughs> That's the thing about cults. They try to make it feel like everyone else agrees with you. Yeah. <laughs> and that everybody else are the weirdos. But that's not how it is in reality. Um, I would not. I would I would probably spend 10 bucks on this game. And it's, it's not 10 bucks. I was shocked to learn the actual price of this game. How much? Oh, 30, 30 bucks, $30. right? Yeah, yeah, no way. This is not a $30 game. Have it's, you finished this game? No, no. I, I feel I think this game's probably like 100 hours. You think? I think it, his games go on forever. 
Oh, I, I completely didn't forgot that. that this starts with a with a retelling of the Dick Whittington and his cat story. Yeah, like, where he sells the cat for like a fortune somehow. Yeah, he, 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 he rents <laughs> the cat to to ships to kill all the vermin, and he gets rich off that. Basically, yeah. so he and his cat become celebrities, and he becomes mayor of London and stuff. <laughs> it's a classic. Ta- it's it's actual classic yeah. like kind of folk tale kind of thing. And I'm not sure how it relates to the game. Uh, eventually, maybe it's explained. I don't know, but yeah. So that's the good life. What other platforms is it on, actually? It's on oh, almost it's PC, everything. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but this game can definitely run on Switch. No problem. Oh, okay, run. Yeah. I mean, it, it <laughs> has trouble running in places on the Xbox Series X. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> it looks like that's on the a Switch. Good point. The only reason it could not run on Switch is the engine. Not yeah, it's not the, the Switch's fault. For exactly. Once. It's not the hardware's fault. Um, but yeah, I take a hard pass on that game. I spent a couple hours with it, and I was like, I'm good. Um, yeah. I got a little taste of weirdness and a good taste of the jank, and uh, that's pretty much all I needed. That's that's actually a good compare. Like, was it Yabalbol One? Like I have no idea what that name is, but um, he is a video it, game equivalent of the room. Yeah, like David Cage is the Tommy <laughs> Wiseau of, of, of video games. That's good. Like he has no idea what he what he does is garbage, but people kind of appreciate it for being garbage. Maybe <laughs> sneaky saying, "Look him up and his Connor Army." Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who like to do fan art of that stupid Android, but like, that. Eh. Andy T. Monham brings up a good point. Way to play Stray. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, well, again, if like, you have Game Pass, yeah, screw it. Like, why not? I, Every, mean, I think everything we're talking about today is on Game Pass. Is it? Yeah. The next thing is too. No. Yeah. What do you mean the next game next that we game. talk about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that just shows you what's going on with Game Pass right now. Yeah, it's the best deal in gaming, hands down. Um, and there's a reason why. There's although people said that that 30 million figure ended up not being true. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. They haven't announced numbers yet, so I don't know how people well, who knows? figured that like, out. <laughs> that is kind of an ongoing thing with like these weird new new service ideas and models. Like where like nobody releases numbers and talks about numbers. Like I don't know if you saw the article on why exactly why the why here we go why the last man got canceled. You see that? <laughs> no. Huh? Why the last man is already they're not Hulu. I saw that it was and, canceled. Yeah, they're not picking it up for another season. But um, a, an article about kind of why and everything happened. Part of it was COVID timing because in order to, to make a res- to reserve the cast for another few months to decide whether for the let the, let the season finish and decide if they want to do more, they'd have to shell out an extra three million dollars to uh, kind of reserve everything. And they decided just not to do that. One of the reasons is FX has no idea how well the show is doing because Hulu doesn't tell anyone numbers. And how how do you sign deals with service providers that will not none of them provide do. the data? None of them do. Netflix doesn't. So I'm assuming Hulu those deals aren't based upon viewers well, or ratings. The, no, well that's the thing is they're based on kind of nothing. Like that's why the model has to change because Hulu doesn't tell anyone outside of themselves, and that's that. And this is you know Hulu and FX are both owned by Disney. Like they're both owned by the same parent company, but Hulu does not disclose internal numbers. Mm. The same thing happens with like I guarantee you, you know like. Like, Dave Letterman doesn't know what his viewership was on his Netflix show because Netflix doesn't tell anyone. I've, that. I've been aware of that for a It doesn't long time. matter. Yeah. And they all work like that. Yeah. So basically, these companies are these production companies and these outside networks are signing these deals and they're never going to get any feedback on how the audience re- reacted or what the. You know, the only time you get any numbers is when they put out, you know, the streaming companies put out some kind of bragging PR thing, press release about something the way, like, you know, Netflix is doing with Squid Game. Um, like so, you never know. Like even internally, like you will never find if you make a show for Netflix or Hulu, you will never know how well it did. 
that's mad. That's got to be maddening. It is. I mean, it is. <laughs> like I, I know specifically, like firsthand, of pretty major named people who had shows on some of these services who like went to the effort to like oh, I want let's go do lunch let's go hang out with the execs from Netflix or Hulu or 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 uh, or Disney Plus or whatever and like find they wouldn't tell them like people you would not think someone would turn down their question about this and they got turned down like it's madness they're it, playing by new rules very now weird. i mean it's but it's, those rules have no end game like what what's the point like, what, like you can't eventually you're going to run out of people willing to work for you if they have no feedback on that i think a lot of people as long as they get paid they don't Somewhat, they don't care about it. but you you want something that sustains and like you know why the last man could have been a big hit moving into the next few seasons and whenever i mean they're probably gonna shop it around to other places like you know netflix might pick it up because the streaming wars are on yeah. so i just uh, saw that disney plus just passed netflix is that right uh, I didn't I, see that. There's there's some kind of like that seems impossible to me because Netflix has so many subscribers. I, like, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it either, Matt. I was like, wait a minute, like I, it was I can't remember where I saw it. It may have been during football on Sunday actually, where someone was talking about how Disney Plus maybe it's revenue or something. I don't know. I don't it had passed Netflix in some metric. It might be like engagement or, or That's something. That's possible because like I'm sure people you know. Which is probably a big reason why these streaming companies don't share data. Yeah. Because they don't want Disney Plus to be able to say right. we... But also because they don't have a... You know, but Disney, Netflix didn't do that long before Disney Plus existed. Like, yeah. This is just how... They don't tell anyone how anything does. But it's like... It's one thing to not make public your viewership numbers. But to not tell the people who made the show what their show is doing is bizarre it is bizarre like there's no precedent for that in broadcast or cable for that matter so you're kind of like well how do you, you have no feedback at that point at least even in movies your feedback is the box office receipts right yeah. like you know that you know or sales of of your your home release or whatever but if you have no idea if you made an original show for netflix and you have no idea how well it did beyond maybe one day netflix says hey, yeah if you want to make another one of those we'll pay for that like how we now bringing it back to games. No one has any idea. You don't think that Microsoft is doing this with Game Pass, do you? Um, do you think they're supplying the the data to third parties. Uh, I think they're paying them out for. I don't know if they're giving them actual data of how many people have installed and played things. Like I don't know. You know so Pactor they're just having to trust that Microsoft isn't shorting them in some way. If the deal is based upon number of players. Even, well, here's the I thing: don't even is know if like it is, most of the people I know who have made deals for Game Pass basically said that what they got paid for Game Pass is more than they expected to make from the game. Period. Wow. Like in their best case projections, like I know three people specifically who told me they paid them more than their best case scenario across all platforms. So off of one platform from one deal, they'd already made more money than they thought they were going to make from the game total. So every other sale on PC and PlayStation and Switch or whatever Just was, gravy. was gravy. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case with this game, with Swery. Yeah. That, that we, well, basically I mean, what Microsoft gave well, and also him consider and his that team this, was more than he needed to break even Right, on and also consider that this is a Kickstarted game. Yeah, it was paid, so the developer was paid kind of, for you know, already, yeah. So everybody did just fine. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's an interesting time because these financial models are so different, not just mm-hmm. for games, but for TV and film. And, there's, and, and because of the streaming service, because of the, th- there's just an extra layer of obfuscation for people like us who are not directly involved. Mm-hmm. So it's getting harder and harder. It's going to be harder and harder to tell what's doing well beyond just like, well, I got another season or I got a sequel. So mm-hmm. I guess it's doing okay. You yeah. know, like who can tell? And then like you got things like, you know, like when they release numbers for things like Zack Snyder's Justice League, they release, you know, this, this one 
you know, third party site that supposedly this company that supposedly can track these things. But then it turned out they were the the, the numbers they were releasing were people who had watched five minutes or more uh, of the of the of the movie. And it's it's a four hour movie. So like so who the hell cares if people somebody watched five minutes of it? You know? Yeah. Like you want to know who watched the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that is continually sort of the best they can do. And the, most of that is estimation anyway. So you have no real idea what any of these things are doing. Uh, do you think as a creator that you prefer that? No. I, every just every paid cre- without, regardless of... Every creator I know, at least in terms of dealing with streaming services, finds it maddening. Finds it Because they just don't have enough feedback on... There's no feedback to know what, what you need to do creating. differently or better, yeah. or like what people liked, what people didn't like. You know, you do mm-hmm. surveys and focus group testing, you know, like, you know sur- social media surveys, whatever. But, you know... The, the streaming service has much more concrete data of what people are doing. You know, that means Netflix, if they wanted to, could tell you when exactly when the most people stopped watching your movie. Yeah. You know, what scene made people stop? We never had. You'll that, never know that. Yeah, and we've never had the opportunity for that kind of data before. Not really. on that scale. No, yeah. I mean, you know, you could do focus tests right. and focus groups, like a one yeah. audience, like questionnaire thing. But like Netflix could tell you that about every single human being who turned that thing on. I know. And how interesting would that data be? To, be to oh, have? that data is worth a gold mine. Yeah, which is probably why they don't tell you. They don't want to get. But they, what yeah. are they doing with it? That's the question. I, you would assume they're developing their own content or their own stuff yeah. around. And, it. I mean, and certainly Netflix is spending billions every year on, on making. I mean, they know internally what they're. You know, right. they, they know what the Witcher does, and yeah. they're the one funding that. So that's all to them. That's all. Who, the only person who needs to know is them. Yeah. You know. Well, it's but, like Squid Game. A lot of the stuff I feel like today just catches on organically. Yeah. It's not really about like marketing. It's all word of mouth now. Right. It well, feels Squid like. Game is is also interesting. Squid Game is weirdly analogous to something like The Good Life in some ways. Uh, not just because it's ma- it's a weird thing made in Asia, but it's like um, Squid Game. It costs about twenty million dollars. It has no I'm major. Su- I'm, has, I'm surprised it costs that much, man. It has, to be honest, no, with it you. has no major stars. Uh, the the lead actor is fairly well known in South Korea, but is not he's not an international name. Um, no, no IP, no recognizability outside of being, you know, inspired by kind of a battle royale thing. And the um, dub is clumsy. The dub is and not awkward. amazing. No. Yeah. Um, and like, but also welcome to how everybody else experiences film and television. Yeah, like, that's true. You know, like dubs are standard across the world for American entertainment like, to the point that like the guy who who dubs Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice in any given country is usually a celebrity of his own for being the dub voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger in that country. Like, that's a common thing. That's interesting. Like, major stars have set dub actors for each country a lot of times, and a lot of times that actor, like Brad Pitt's dub actor in Singapore, is probably a celebrity for being Brad Pitt's voice actor. You know, like, it's it's a yeah. it's a thing. It, um, it is interesting how... But Squid Game you is don't have interesting... You to pay for marketing and stuff. If you're at a certain scale, yeah, you don't find it. To. Like, we... It's sifted. We have to pay for marketing. Sure, but so we're not on. We get, we're not on Netflix, right? So, but like, with you, if you're Netflix, like you, if you have a, something that's good, mm-hmm. it's just gonna, people are just gonna figure it out. Yeah. Well, the algorithm algorithm will push it, but you can't like sell it off the back of it. But if people find it, discover it, word of mouth takes it there. Like that's the thing. I mean, about I saw Squid a Facebook game, post about it. Well, that's what They're Squid like, Game hey, is all about. If you like Battle Royale or you like Hunger Games, check out Squid Game. I was like, okay. And I actually fell asleep watching the first episode like three times before <laughs> I finally made it through. And then at the end of that first episode, you do get you're like you start to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really I thought it was really good. And, yeah, uh, it I is, enjoyed it. It is a little baby's first extreme South Korean cinema. Um, yeah. But like, if you liked it, there's a lot of stuff. Go go check out uh, Chanwook Park's uh, uh, Vengeance trilogy. 
Yeah. Uh, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, yeah, Old yeah, Boy, and Lady Vengeance. I don't Those think are, I made it through all three, but... They're really good. They're they're similar, uh, more mm-hmm. violent and more gory, but like... Yeah. Um, There's plenty of gore in Squid Game. I wouldn't say... It's it was, not gratuitous. I, I wouldn't say it was it's that not much. Like, in comparison to some of the other stuff I've seen, it's not yeah, much. I mean, it's well, there, but like... Yeah. Um... It's uh, it's really good. You know, it's really good. It also has a has a brain in its head. Um, I know a lot of people complain about the second episode because they go back to the world and then come. It's very important that everybody in that in that show is there voluntarily. Yeah, like thematically. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. That's the big. That's kind of the twist, really. Is it like, kind of is. Yeah. It happens in the second episode of the of the show. Yeah. Um, that everybody cho- chooses to yeah, be there. They're not forced there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, also an indictment of other things. Like it's a it's a good metaphor, but um, it's not a subtle one, but it's there. Yeah. And um, yeah, psychologically, it's a very interesting show. Yeah. But it became the number one thing piece of media in the world. And it has none of the things that common, you know, you know, common wisdom or, or, or like says that you need to be the biggest thing in the world. And I think it, that's good. You're talking about something yeah. that it has done. Shake ha, things up. Something like a quarter of the world, a quarter of the humans on Earth have watched Squid Game. Yeah. Like that is ridiculous. That's pretty insane. Yeah. And it happened like that. Like that. All, all it took. No marketing. I haven't seen any commercials or ads for Squid Game. No, I only it's just heard all about all social it. media. I just heard about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, which yep. is kind of great because that's, yeah. that's how it used to work. The times they are changing. And then bringing again back to Swery and The Good Life, like I feel like sometimes it can be to a detriment. Like I feel mm-hmm. like people are giving him a pass on a lot of stuff because of the word of mouth that swirls yeah. about his games. Well, that's also the things like, look, Squid Game doesn't look like it costs a ton of money, but it is a very competently and and well made show and well shot for and well the most shot. Part. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all there. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of like, I bet Swery could make a Squid Game right <laughs> equivalent sort of thing yeah. if like. Yeah. The jank wasn't expected, right? You know, if if it was yeah. more of a, like, I bet if he could make something, you know, that really had the polish on, not something, you know, it doesn't even have to look all that different, and just have some polish on it. Just yeah. if the animation of the cat looked like an actual cat, cat. or something like that, yeah. <laughs> There's something that you know, you know I mean, I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to look like God of War, yeah. but like it could look like I don't know, Animal Crossing, right? Yeah, Animal Crossing doesn't look bad. No, and it doesn't look great either. No, but it but it's it, a style. It's there. It, yeah. it gets you there. It's yep. as like little touches where like, oh, that was nice. Or like I, the, well, it the, makes you. It, it's funny because it it sets your expectations so low. Yeah. That when there's some little thing, you're like, ooh. Yeah. And there's little things where it's like, <laughs> that's, that T Rex skeleton it's looks so really funny. good. Like it's, it it's, lowers your expectations to the point where if they do something that in other games would be nothing, right? Suddenly, it's a revelation. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, there I you mean, go. That's what Kirby's wrote. I don't know how we got forever. on Squid Game talking about the good life. But <laughs> I mean, just that's like, how we roll here on Game Face. I'd say it's because it's a weird breakout hit thing, but it's also yeah. Good Life is not a breakout hit. I mean, he. I feel like he, in general, is the, a weird breakout hit thing, though. And he's I mean, never gotten rich a, or anything. I but mean, no, on a very, very his small games scale. Do not, does, I, don't, I don't feel like I should know his name is what I'm getting at, but I do. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, does that like, make sense? It does, but like even I think his name is uncommon even among people who are as into it as we are to some yeah. degree. Like we keep track of that stuff. Sometimes I get him confused with Suda Fifty One, and I've met Suda Fifty One. Like it's like, yeah, I, I, sh- I like Suda Fifty One's games more yeah. uh, than Swery's for the most part. I tried to get Swery to do a Three Night Weekend with me, and he just completely blew me off. Huh. It has nothing to do with my impressions of this game or anything. It's <laughs> like, but he, I don't know, he didn't care. And I was like, look at some of the people that have come on the show. Like, and he was just radio silence. Hmm. Weird. But anyway, there you go. 
That's the good life. Neither one of us recommend you buy it. It's thirty bucks. It's too much. Thirty bucks is way too much. Yeah, I would maybe spend ten for it just to play it as an oddity. But even then, I think that's a stretch. Uh, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Nintendo Switch Online again for two weeks in a row. Because last week we talked about them announcing it and the fact that N64 and Sega Genesis games were coming to Nintendo Switch Online for at that point an unannounced increase in price. And then, what was it, two days later after we we recorded the show, they announced the price. Mm. And, Matt, it is going from $20 a month to $50 a month for what? I mean, part <laughs> Not of a it, month. I'm sorry, a year. A year. That's part very of, important. That's a very important distinction. Part of it is, an, I think, an upsell because you're getting the Animal Crossing DLC with it, which is like, I don't care about that, so bite me? Like, that. I don't know... It's bizarre. Like, I mean, I thought you're, you know, 10 bucks raised for the N64 Genesis, et cetera, add on would have been like, what, but 30, I, I think you said, you said 30, I think, as yeah. like almost a joke, but like. Well, then Pactor said 40. Mm. And I thought he was insane. And it just so happened that we had recorded this, like, just before all this stuff, and we published the episode where he predicted the price, like, three days beforehand, if you're a subscriber anyway. If you're not a subscriber, I think you may have got it the same day. Um, and he had said, like, 40, moving to 50, and I was like, I didn't say anything to him while we were recording, but I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're insane, dude. There's no way they're going to charge that much. Well, here we are. And, he and you, can't month month <laughs> you can't even pay month to month anymore. You can't even pay month to month anymore. Oh, you can't? No, it's, oh, I didn't it's, realize a, it's that. a year. Like, you're in for a year. And then Can the, you imagine if Sony did this? I know. 150% jack up? Yeah. Nintendo's like, fans are so forgiving. Yeah. Unbelievable. And that's why this stuff happens, because Nintendo knows it can get away with yeah. it. It's like they have a certain number of fanatics. There, to me, there's a difference between, and I know fan A lot is, more than David Cage does, yeah. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know, you know fan is a truncated form of fanatic, but to me, there's mm -hmm. a difference between fans and fanatics. Mm. And Nintendo has fanatics and millions and millions of them. And it knows it can do pretty much whatever it wants. And that certain segment of its audience is going to say, mm -hmm. that's fine. And here's my money. It's also bizarre. Like, I mean, a lot of it has to be like, I assume you're going to get like one big DLC for something per year off of this. I, I thought, because otherwise, what is the... Matt, here's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming you're going to get all DLC for Nintendo first party stuff with this. That seems unlikely. You really think it's just going to be one piece of DLC per year? Yeah. See, the, the re look, I'm trying to give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt here because that makes more sense. If you spend the $50 a year and you get all the DLC for Nintendo's first-party stuff included in that price, then it starts to make a little more sense. But you're look, you're still beholden to does Nintendo release any DLC this year or does it mm -hmm. not? Is it DLC for a game that I own? If if is it, if it is a game that I own, do I care about the DLC? Like I have Animal Crossing, do I care about pay, playing this DLC? Yeah. I do not. I think they're just gonna pick one game, and that will be the DLC pass you get for the year. For the year, yeah. Like maybe next, maybe it would be Breath of the Wild too. For next year. For next year. Hmm. That. But would you're gonna make it more enticing. But you're um, if you care. Yeah. About it, like I didn't. Which find a lot of people were some, will for that game. But I, you know, I find the Animal Crossing thing completely unenticing me too um yeah i would much rather just pay an extra 10 bucks for the N but even then it's like the n64 collection they're going to put out is never going to be any kind of definitive thing because you're never going to get GoldenEye. 
Um, they've already put out Mario 64 in a better form uh, in the Mario stuff. Now I guess we know why they were going to stop selling that. Huh. Now they have, look, they have licensed some third-party stuff, which is better than none, yeah. which is more than I would expect. So they got like, also like back, how many but great I mean, how much did you pay for the win right. back? And also, how many great games are there on N64 today? Now, you know, when you when you really sit back and think about games you'd want to play again, I think those first two batches later. knocked out 80, yeah, a lot, eighty to eighty five, yeah, a whole lot. And like yeah. the, the stuff that's left that I would want to play is not stuff anyone else would want to play. Like, like I would love to play Body Harvest or Body Harvest, um, yeah. or uh, Hybrid Heaven would be yeah. fun to see come back. Yeah. Um, but it's, that's all just like weird, super niche stuff that I just remember liking. You know, yeah. like well, a lot of it had. In, in reality, you're going to end up like with war gods and right. stuff. You know, like, like those you terrible. You also have to fighters. remember, like, there's a lot of nostalgia involved with N64 games because, particularly if it was the only system that you owned, mm-hmm. you were, were waiting just months for games to play. Oh yeah, like there was no third party support on the platform. Not so, after the first couple of years, no. No, so you just had to sit and wait for Nintendo's first party. Yeah, stuff well, that was the out. beginning of that Nintendo tradition of just like I have the Nintendo system so that once a quarter I play the Nintendo game that comes out. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's where it started. And like the other problem it has, of course, is that like so many of the high level of the flagship games are have better versions of them now. Yep. Like everything Rare put out has a better version on the on the Xbox. Yeah, which is why Microsoft doesn't give a crap about right. allowing Banjo to Banjo be can go there, because Banjo has two better versions on 360 and on the Rare, rare Replay thing. Yep. Um, Jet Force Gemini is only playable. I mean, I go, go back to the N64 version of that. Good luck. Like, the controls are so weird. Controls are weird. The, the It runs at like nine frames a second. Like, is it like yeah. the, the one on Rare Replay is a godsend if you yeah. like that game. And yep. I do. Which that I do. Was, that, was, yeah. that was one of my favorite Rare games of that platform. I just didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say Star Fox Adventures, but then I remember that got pushed to the, N- to the GameCube. Yeah. And still runs it was pretty called well. Dinosaur Planet on N64. Yeah. And remember, that build appeared out of nowhere yeah, that. like eight months ago or something. Yeah. I, you, know, you know what I'd love to see leak somehow is the N64 build of Eternal Darkness. Because mm. I played that at E3 one I did year, too. And I'd, I'd love it, to see the differences on that. Yeah, I mean, it was a, just a shell. Though. Yeah, it was like walking around it, the mansion, basically. There was like hardly there was anything in it at that point. Yeah. That's probably all it was. But there, look, there's a ROM somewhere of that. Guaranteed. Or Cameo. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that as well. Yeah. yeah but... Um, but there's a bunch of stuff. It's like, and you know, there's things that I really like that I know we'll never see. You know, like will we see, uh, you know, Beetle Adventure Racing? Probably not. L- less have EA, to, right? Well, you'd have to pay for the Beetle, Beetle the, license, the, the VW license, Volkswagen. Yep. Nice yeah. wheels. Yeah. Um. So it's safe to say both of us are a big pass on the yeah. expansion pack. And then beyond that, you got the Genesis angle. I'm just like, I have every Genesis game I could ever want, both in terms of their collections they put out and the actual cartridges. I mean, I, I hate I don't to need say it, it on the Switch, and I do not condone, you know, emulation and piracy at all. But let's be honest, most people have an emulator sure. that has every. But single. even if you don't want an emulator, you can go get the Sega Genesis collection on Steam or whatever, and it has right. everything and yep. if everything that you could that possibly matters. want in there and more. Yeah, on there already. Like it's, like it's been done. It's just been done. Yeah. You know? And I look. I don't like them rolling this N64 and Genesis stuff in with the DLC to mm-hmm. get it out to that fifty bucks. It's like okay, then you should just scale it. You should let me jump in for N64 and Genesis for an extra ten bucks. Yeah. And then take that extra 20. If somebody wants the DLC for Animal Crossing, let them have at it. I don't care. Yeah, or you know what? At this point, I'm just like, I just bring back the virtual console and let me buy what I want to buy. Yeah. I mean, that's really the answer, honestly. Should have been, but it, it will never be again. And we should also be to a point where the virtual console, if they establish it on Switch, would be the, the final one. 
because that's been the problem. Like I, I've lost all that stuff. Anything that I had on the virtual console, where do I get it now, Matt? It's just dust in the wind, right? Yeah. Like Nintendo needs to set up a virtual console, as you said, that will sustain. So mm-hmm. we don't have to keep buying this stuff over and over and over yeah. again. I had a I really nice virtual front. console library on the Wii and Wii U by the end of that, like including a bunch of stuff that's still not available on yep. on the on the and Switch. May never be. No, like where's Metroid Fusion? Right, which is a huge oversight. Yeah, that's bizarre. But anyway, it's. I mean, look. End of the day, what matters the most is can I play? Can I continue to play games online on my Switch for twenty bucks a year? I can, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Um, it. I wish that they had created tiered pricing so I could spend an extra ten bucks to get the N64 and Genesis stuff. And I feel like they will. I you feel think? Like that, I feel eventually they. I feel will like have the to cat's out of the bag now. No, I think they will eventually have to do that because one hundred fifty percent price jump on this thing. I mean, that's going to sell to the diehards or the people that desperately want the Animal Crossing DLC, I guess. But like. There's more money to be made there from people who are going to throw you an extra 10 bucks a year, and they'll come to that later, sometime next year, I bet. How much is the Animal Crossing DLC going to cost? I can't remember. If you buy it separately. I think it might be 20, 2025, something like that. Really? I, don't, so I haven't looked into it. So why would you just wait? I, I don't ever intend to turn on Animal Crossing again. My, my town is probably just inhabited by sentient cockroaches yeah. at this point. And everything's overgrown and blah, blah, blah. And I haven't played it in, God, I don't even know how long. Since, like, like two last, months after launch. Yeah, like July last year, yeah. I think. Um, and so I don't care. Uh, I got all the museum fossils, and I stopped. Every single Animal Crossing, that's what I've done. That I, play. I, I, I complete, complete the, the museum, and I never turn it on again. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I don't know. Once I'm done with the fossils, I just stop. Yeah. I had to, did all the fossils. I built the giant Godzilla thing, and I built the giant robot fighting the Godzilla thing, and I was done. Yeah. That was it. Let's go to chat and see what they're saying. Um, Sifted says separately the AC DLC is twenty five, so you're saving five bucks. Well, you're spending an extra five bucks to get basically. Oh, you're get, right. To you, get N sixty four games. Yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on your perspective on whether you're saving or not. Um, hmm. So it's twenty five bucks. You're spending an extra thirty. So as you say, then you would be saving five bucks if you it's 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 to me it's worth the five bucks to wait to see if the dlc is worth buying mm-hmm. because that's the problem is you're spending the money now you don't know if that dlc is going to be good or not hmm. so to me it's worth it like if i have to spend an extra five bucks for it to know that it's good before i spend my money i mean that's another angle to it all as well um um autumn watch sneaky what are you doing you post some misogynistic stuff in our chat Imagine if Sony put up PS Plus. Yeah, I'll allow that. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand know. why they think there's a misogynist comment there. Um, and he just says, "Imagine if Sony put up PlayStation Plus to two hundred dollars, but we got ten PS One ROMs. That would not work. No, <laughs> I would not be happy about that." The other problem is like that generation is I mean, even at the time I said that that generation was going to age like milk. Yeah, and it did. Not mm-hmm. not just because not just because of the graphics, but because like. Those games were all trying to figure out like how to move in 3D space. Like it was yeah. a you know the, the, it was a very rough period of time, yes. and a lot of those most of those games are not b- particularly playable anymore. No. They're not fun anymore. No. They don't look good anymore. That they don't run well anymore. Uh, it's a tough sell. I 
I don't know how they're rationalizing I think you're, that. I mean, to me, you're down to maybe 10 to 15 games per platform from that era that you'd want to play again today. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation, maybe even less. Yeah. I mean, no, there's more because there's more Because there's games, more volume. But yeah. I would say the percentage is lower. Yeah. Like, as far as what percentage of PS1 games would you still play of today? Of the total, yeah. I would sure. say that that number is, like, 20%. And a lot of them are, like, like universal thing. You know, they're not even, like, standard. Like, Parappa still works. Right. Because yeah. it's a basically a 2D cartoon where you play music. Yeah, like, as we've said many times, the 2D stuff holds up better than the old 3D mm-hmm. stuff, for sure. Like Metal Gear Solid still works. Yeah. If you, maybe it upgraded so he has eyes, you know? <laughs> His head doesn't look like a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, Sanuku says, you can still buy it separate, but they made a bundle to make it more pricely, price attractive if you care to... If you care to about the online stuff, I'm not sure what he's getting out there. Well, you need the online subscription to do the island visiting and all that stuff. So Animal Crossing is probably their most successful online game right now, since Splatoon 2 is probably older than that and not doing as well. Wampler's asking, Wampler13, do you own the DLC or is it tied to your account? That's a good question, too. Tied to your membership. So if yeah. your membership so if you cancel your lapses, membership, you, you will you be able to play the DLC? I think that's why it's yearly, because I think you were literally just buying the 2020, like, online package, or 2021 online package, and that gives you the DLC. So you think own. you'll own it? Yeah. Because you can't undo that. It's not a subscription. You're just buying this year's DLC. Yeah, because you'll, then you'll have it downloaded. It'll be on your hard drive. Yeah. There's no way they can take and that then, back. No. Yeah. And then next year, you're going to have to decide whether you want to pay $50 in 2022 for, you know, online access and you know because i'm sure the 20 dollars subscription fee is still in play for online play and then that extra 30 bucks is basically just buying dlc plus the access to the you know i don't think there's a way to renege on that yeah. you know like you just that's what you paid you paid it I guess they could take away the n64 and genesis stuff easily yeah they want to do that yeah like that would definitely go away if you decided not to pay next year right but you um, should, but I don't DLC think they would, shouldn't. Leave. But I don't think they would take away the Animal Crossing DLC. I think I think that's what you're purchasing. Yeah, I would be surprised if they did it. But also, if if you decide not to, my guess would be if you decide not to buy the 2022 pass, you would still have access to, you know, the pass you already own would would cover the N64 stuff till the end of this right. year. Yeah. Or whenever the end of their term happens to be, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Yeah. Or the end of your year. Yeah. You know. So Matt, is it safe to assume you're not gonna plunk down your fifty bucks for this? No, I don't. I don't see the point. I just had to renew my Nintendo Online subscription. I didn't even realize it had lapsed, um, and I just renewed it. And I was like, oh, I could wait like a week and get. And I was like, no. Yeah, I think mine auto renewed. I'm not going whenever. to. I actually get more use out of the the current the Super Nintendo thing. Than oh, you do? Yeah, I mean, I, I play, ever I play some of those. Stuff. I don't touch it that much, but I do once in a while. Cause, yeah. I mean, they've been ter- it's been terrible the last few updates because it's just like I've never even heard of most of these games. Yeah, um, a couple of them are pretty good, but like I, I have no nostalgia for them because I don't know what they are. Um, Cheap to license. Yeah, but like you, know, you got Zelda and and Metroid in there. Yeah, it's cool. The staples were there yeah. for sure. It's nice to have those there. Yeah, but like N sixty four, I don't have that much, you know, pull on it. Also, the problem is like. I don't have a Super Nintendo that's easy to access. I do have a, a N64 with an HDMI adapter that I can just plug in whenever I want, and I have a shoebox full of cartridges that I've never gotten rid of a single N64 game outside of maybe a couple wrestling games I didn't want anymore. So I can play any of that stuff whenever I want. You know, it's 
there's no reason to pay an extra thirty dollars for that. Yeah. Like I already have it. I already have access to all that. Yeah. Um. So why? Why would I bother? Especially if they're not going to improve them and they're not going to like you know give me like the you know an updated version of like maybe the 3ds improvements on Majora's Mask or something. That would be something. Yeah. But they're not doing that. It's just going to be the standard game. Um. I don't see the point. Yeah, I don't maybe. see what it gets me. Yep. And I don't want to play the Animal Crossing DLC because I'm done with Animal Crossing. So there's no there's no appeal there. There's nothing for me. I mean, also Animal Crossing DLC. It's like, what would it even be? I mean, it's a pretty extensive thing. Yeah, it seems like, like it's a lot big, of stuff. But like, but I don't care. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. I got as deep into that as I did because I couldn't leave the damn house. Right. You know, that was a lot. Well, I think perfect a lot of people are game. right there with you. But also. Yeah. In a similar vein to Left 4 Dead and Back 4 Blood, that game reminds me of that time, and I don't want to go back to that. So there's no interest in. <laughs> I don't have any interest in even hearing that fucking music again. You know? I hear you. Totally get it. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That is the latest update on Nintendo Switch Online and its pricing. Um, not for me, but it might be for you, and not for Matt either. Um, but I think if you're a hardcore Nintendo fan, you're probably going to do it no matter what. Did you get an N64 controller by any chance? Of course not. Yeah. The thing sold out in 15 seconds. Yeah. Like I said, it would. Do you think they'll make more? Yeah, they said there's more coming in October, but you're never going to get them. It's yeah. going to be it's going to be a year or so before you can actually get one. You know, now, like you said <laughs> before, insane. now you can like go on and just get the Super Nintendo one, whatever you want. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's going to take a while. Like you're going to let the the fanatics order get order, them all first. Order their four that their four sell on copies eBay and. Yeah. Or because they want four of them because you want to be able to play four players and some imaginary. They think GoldenEye is going to come one day or Perfect Dark or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That'll last five minutes. Good Good job. You just paid $200 for controllers you use for a day. Yeah. I mean, I, look, if they had increased the price five or ten bucks, I probably would have paid. Yeah. Ten At bucks least for more the I would have first year it. until all the N64 stuff ran out. Yeah. I would have seen how their support went for it and, like, what was coming mm-hmm. and stuff. And, like, if they were adding more. You know, I want Look. One of the one of the problems they do not have with the Super Nintendo uh, service is a software and b niche stuff. Right, like yeah. there is, <laughs> I've never heard of I half mean, the half stuff of on its that thing. Catalog is yeah. niche, yeah. But like you know, so yeah, so there's if you do that same approach with uh, you know with with N sixty four, there's a non zero chance you are getting stuff like Body Harvest and Space Station Silicon Valley and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Glover, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Character literally Quest just Quest 64, a hand. Aiden Chronicles. Like, go nuts. Just yeah. go nuts. Hybrid Heaven, Castlevania 64. Yeah. Like, there's some staples you could throw in there. Is Castlevania 64 already in there? I don't think so. It's not. No. Because it's um, Konami. It's Konami. Not. Konami doesn't know where they are. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even know where that license Little is. Oh, Konami bundle? Like, we get the contract for you, but we don't We don't even know if we own Castlevania 64 yeah. anymore. Little, little, Castle, little, little Konami bundle update. You get, you get the two Castlevanias and Hybrid Heaven. and You can do fun uh, stuff else, like that. What else did they have? They have uh, Did they do Buck Bumble? Was that them? No. Who did Buck Bumble? Mm. THQ, maybe? Was it THQ? It, may be, it might have been THQ. It wasn't Konami. I know that for a fact. But I can't remember which publisher. Yeah. It may even be a publisher that's gone now. now there are a lot of those. It. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot from that era that no longer exists. There's a lot. How about, of a, how about a shitty N64 fighter bundle? Yeah. There's plenty of that. You know, War Gods. Earthworm Jim. And, and, um, 64. Clay Fighter. That was terrible. And Clay Fighter 63 and a, and a third or whatever that was. I think that's the most um, valuable Nintendo 64 game. The one variant of it because it was only available through blockbuster right I, I have one of the i have two of those there's a lot of those that are really bad i don't not, not you have the blockbuster one no i have the blockbuster edition of uh indiana jones the infernal machine and beast wars 
those are worth money. So, yeah, they are worth they are worth money. Yeah. Um, but I do not have Clay Fighter because I never liked Clay Fighter. It wasn't good. Um, no. there was no Criticom <laughs> because it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about. Another Fuck Bumble game. was Ubisoft. Wow. Oh, it was Ubi. That's Ubi right. Bro- or like that's Ubisoft brings up. It's like you know one of the other games I would love to see hit that N sixty four thing. Rocket Robot on Wheels. Never gonna happen. Yeah. The original Sucker Punch game. I think Sucker Punch actually still owns the rights to that. Is that right? And that was published by Ubi as well. Yeah. It published by Ubi on the same day as Rayman Two. It got buried by by its own publisher by that. Rayman Two was great. Um, but I think I asked the Sucker Punch founder uh, at E three a few years ago when I saw him. About because that was when the rumors were swirling about an N sixty four class like a mini, mm-hmm. and I asked him if he ha- if he, they owned Rocket Robot on Wheels or if Ubisoft did, and he said that they did, and I said that well that would be a great one to put on that N sixty four classic thing. And he's like, that's a, that's true. That's a good. He like turned to someone and was like, write that. Down. <laughs> Let's look into that. Like, I'm like, so maybe one day Rocket Robot on Wheels could be on that N sixty four service. And you know what? If they did that, I would probably give them some money for that just to just for supporting that game because that game is great. Uh, Vincent says that the Animal Crossing DLC for Switch that you'll be paying all that money for is basically Happy Home Designer. Yeah, it's a lot of there's a lot of building AKA, stuff and designing. No stuff. thanks. No, I mean there's a lot of people for whom that is a big draw that they love that aspect of things, but not for me. Yeah, yeah no, thank you on that one. Um, are, there, are there new um, are there new uh, fossils? That might bring me. Give, oh. me, give me a third, third level, a, a few more rooms to the museum. Might Probably not. In. Not if, unless you can use them to decorate your house. You can use anything to decorate your house, Shane. <laughs> That's true. You can just lay it That's on the floor. What we're all here to do. <laughs> okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about another indie game that Matt's been playing this week. I have not played this a lick, Matt, hmm. but I will say this: there has to be some kind of lesbian homosexual theme to the game because the trailers that I collected. They all had different shots in them, but there was one shot that was in every trailer, and it was the shot where the two hands meet. Yes. And so I'm guessing there's some kind of element like that. They're gay robots, yes. Uh, They're gay robots. Androids. How does that work? Um, Androids need love, too. (laughs) I just... You you could ask David Cage's cult about that. (laughs) It's right there for you. Yep. Uh, the game is called Unsighted, yes. and it is an isometric action RPG mm-hmm. where cyborgs are fighting to basically keep the consciousness of robots from being wiped out. Is that right? Pretty much, yeah. So this is um, – this was I, – I found about this because some of the developers were tweeting last week about, like, hey, if you don't like Metroid Dread, we made an actual Metroid game. Metro, like a Metroid <laughs> Zelda game called Unsighted, and oh no one's boy. paying attention to it. So I'm just like, all right, I'll take a look. So this is also on Game Pass. Um, wow. And uh, it is uh, very much in, you know, in the vein, I would say, of, um, like, the cutscenes remind me of, uh, 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 what am I thinking of? Um, there's that shot I was talking about. I can't about remember. They use over yeah. and over again. So there is there is a uh, uh, Hyper Light Drifter uh flavor to some that's of what it looks like um yeah but it is very very zelda meets metroid in terms yeah, where's of where's the i don't get the metroid part uh it has this the progression is very similar to metroid in the way you explore things get a new ability and then can explore new things okay. so that is also how zelda works but uh this is much more um platformy 
Okay. Uh, in terms, even of, though it's isometric. Yeah, there's a lot more like actual like maneuver skill stuff necessary. Uh, whereas like Zelda, I tend to associate with a little more automatically yeah. doing the. This is more like you got to do some jumping puzzle shit. Like there's the Metroid Twitch skills are being you, here. You see right there. Yeah. Uh, the Metroid Twitch skills are in play for sure. Um, also, there's a counter. Uh, it's like a Melda. Uh, Metroid yeah, across a, with Zelda. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think yeah. I've made up a term. <laughs> so you'll Melda. see. Uh, so you'll see. Like the uh, the spin attack is not quite the same. So there's a little Mega Man to it too. Yeah. But you'll see there is a there's a spin move, a spin parry, which is the B button on uh, on uh, the Xbox controller. And uh, if you if you do that and something hits you, you you clash and counter it. And if you do it at the perfect time, you stun them and can get a critical hit on them. And that is basically how you beat bosses without getting touched. Oh, wow. Um, the, there is a lot of... So there you saw that. A perfect perfect hit, and you can basically one-hit kill them. Yeah. And there's tons Do of you upgrades. you like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Like it's, it's like I got a fighting game element to it. I, I mean, mean you you're one hitting bosses though. You don't want to hit bosses. Oh, okay. You okay. just do you just do like quadruple damage. Oh, all right. All right. Um, so you can kill them faster. Uh, and once you once it clicks with some of the how some of the attacks work because the attacks all work with like they they send a if you see a bright red flash or a bright red streak that's where the attacks coming from. Uh-huh. You can deflect projectiles back and kill enemies. That looks like you Metroid. Can, the map. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the map is very Metroid. Oh, show. Um, and, and and so like you're basically exp- so the the premise is that so you are an android and you wake up and you have amnesia because it's a video game. And um, but basically, uh, humans created androids. And androids run on this like uh, this like magic juice called anima that comes from this particular meteorite that crashed, and uh, they ga- the meteorite uh, that crashed ga- gave the androids sentience. They they came they came alive. Okay. And they're no longer just robots. They have consciousness and, and sentience. And is there anything organic to these robots no, at all? No. So, wow, they're all so humans. Machines. So humans uh, freaked out. This is why I can't understand the the sexual sexuality element of it. Because they're, they're machines. I mean, you can you can figure out how to do anything with anything when it comes down to it. Have you <laughs> okay. seen some of these police reports? Um, Touche. The uh, um, and so basically, the the humans kind of like were like, oh shit, like we got to get out. So the humans like I think went to the moon or space or something, and then they they bombarded the uh, the the city that that had the asteroid in it, the the meteorite in it, and the meteorite is where they were, the the androids were getting their basically their anima which is what powers them uh-huh. and like like the premise is uh they have to you have to gather these five crystals to break into the uh this tower because they the humans have put a giant tower over the meteorite and so you can't access anymore and so these these androids are running out of the juice that makes them alive oh okay and once you run out of the anima you become what's called unsighted which means you become a mindless robot that's just attacking things oh, okay so the, the enemies you're fighting are all unsighted robots and there is Your a weird kind they've yeah. been transformed so there's a weird element where like you eventually will like early kind of like zombies sort of yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's that's not wrong yeah um, they're like zombie robots and like you'll um you'll meet up with uh like versions of the enemies you've been fighting who are not unsighted yet but they look just like them and they're like oh it sucks that everybody's going crazy but i'm still here and everyone has a time meter on them like so like everyone has like 52 hours or 30 300 hours or that indicates how many hours are left before they go unsighted before they run out of juice yeah and you can um 
And that's like a real time thing. So like it's about one second equates to a one minute in the game. So you ba- so and you start with I think three hundred twenty five hours left. Okay. So you have a few so hours. So you are on a race against the you clock. You are on a race against the clock, and which is a little weird in a game that encourages so much exploration. Right. Yeah. However, you can find bags of the meteorite dusts or something like that, and every bag adds 25 hours okay. to your... To your di- or you can give that to other people and extend their lives, and they will like you and do things for you. Also useful to extend the lives of the characters who, who you buy upgrades from. No oh, right, because they might die before yeah, you can before you get all the or they might go unsighted. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a balance to that, and it's like a heart meter for for them. They like you more if you give them things. So like you can max out relationships with them. You can rescue puppies. There are actual puppies in the game, or you rescue puppies and bring them back to this one machine that like she she keeps all the pets there, and so you have puppies following around and feed them and pet them. Um. It sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, there's crafting in the game, so you find all these, these components, and you can craft uh, upgrades for your weapons. You can craft um, uh, new chips, which you use to upgrade the character, and you can pay currency to get yourself more chip installation space. And then you can also craft things that are called cogs or gears, which, like, you activate those, and those are limited amount of time power-ups. So, like, you get you craft, like, an attack cog, and it means you get 20 like super powered attacks and every t- once you, you every your next 20 attacks against, against enemies are like extra powerful and okay. then you run out of that and the cog breaks and you got to craft another one and like you have one that like revi- and then when you die um there's a little bit of dark souls because there has to of course there's a little bit of dark souls um <laughs> this when, game really blends everything yeah. together when you die you get reset to your um to the latest the last terminal because there's a terminal teleport you know checkpoint thing for the uh, whole thing uh-huh. you teleport between terminals um and you go back to that, and you lose a percentage of your money. And if you go back to where you died without dying, you can pick up your money again. Okay. Um, now the thing That's is, not too bad. now a lot of this is like there's, early on there was like things where I'm just like, oh my god, like I'm I'm losing so much time by dying or having to run back to where I was going or like explore things or see what's over here. And I go, if you want, you can turn the timers on the characters off whenever you want. Oh, okay. So and without without I don't know if I like. Penalty. That, so well, because it's like kind of a, it's an accessibility thing. Basically, I mean, I get it. Basically, it says like if you are a, it basically, it literally says if this is too much pressure for you, you can turn this off whenever you want. If you want to just explore and look around, and one of the difficulty modes is called explorer mode, uh, where they just let you. So you, where there's no timer on the characters to die. I would prefer to around. not have the temptation there because I can be weak. Well, I I <laughs> haven't times. turned that off yet, but I probably will because I do feel like that is anathema to. The nature of an exploration. Yeah, it is a little like I, bit. Like yeah. I, I, I don't like timers on Zelda games. Yeah, me I, 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 that's why I don't like Majora's Mask. Me too. Yeah. Um, now this is a little easier to deal with because they give you tools to sort of, you know, counteract that with the finding. Because the dust is everywhere. I, I mean, the dust is hard to get to because you got a puzzle solve to get to this stuff. But you do have a lot of options for that. Um, it's, it's not that bad. Um, Matt, people are asking in the chat: this or Metroid Dread? Oh, this. This, wow. is, this is this is much better than Metroid Dread. Wow! I I would no, no question whatsoever. This is a better game than Metroid Dread. Wow! And what if you're like looking for a Metroid game? I mean, this is Would this it, gives this makes me feel more like Metroid than Metroid Dread did in a lot wow. of ways. I mean, not in terms of control. Obviously, I mean, I'm, look, it looks great. Obviously, Metroid Dread feels that. like Metroid in the sense that you are moving you are Samus, Samus around yeah. on on a two D plane. And it's and got a morph ball, and yeah. but this gives me the exploration high that yeah. that Metroid, Metroid Dread did not. usually delivers. Yeah, um, and the upgrades, all the upgrades are meaningful. All the you know, every every new ability you get is like, oh, that really changes how I can explore things and look mm-hmm. around in a way that, and I, and then you can just go around and look all over the place. That's one of the reasons I think it would be 
cool to turn the the timer off if I need to is because it it actually does do the thing where like all of a sudden this thing opens up and I can I can cut through all these things I can now I can dig through this wall and now I can see what's over here and that opens yeah. a shortcut but that opens up this other thing and I can do, like it's that element you're not railroaded to the next area in the way that Metroid Dread did it. Um, which was it's, it's refreshing almost, and also I think it looks really nice. Like, yeah, it I looks really, great. I really like the art style, both yeah. in the, both in the in-game and the cutscene stuff looks great. There's some really nice like shadowing they do on the characters in the in the cutscenes that it really looks cool. Um, I love that when you go to the menu screen, everything you equip on her on Alma is the, is the name of the character you play. Everything you equip on Alma. Um, is visible and it, it shows up on she, the character on her and she and she plays with it. That's she, rare she, for two D games. Really cool. To do that. Like it's yeah. really well done. Um, and yes, as you said, there's there's a lot of gay stuff in it. It's you know, a lot of gay robots, lesbian robots. Yeah. Um, I have no problem with lesbian robots. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. It's an interesting uh, concept. You know, there, if you're if you're sensitive to the whole diversity thing, you're probably not going to like this game because there's a lot of that happening. You really think that it'll bother people that much if they're not into it? If, if you're a dick, yeah. Yeah. It's going to bother you if you're an asshole. Okay. Um, like there's non-binary robots. I don't, I don't know if that should shock anyone that some robots don't have genders, but they don't. So. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, how much is this, Matt? Uh, I don't know. I got it on Game Pass. Right. Um, uh, it's on PC, also there's multiplayer. Xbox, PS4, and Switch. There's also multiplayer. Multiplayer? Yeah. How does that work? Uh, you'll see it in the trailer. There's, there's just multiple characters on screen. You, so you it's not pick, co-op. It is co-op. It is. But, co-op. Like, but you can pick her. Her. She has friends. You know. She's. She's. Uh, the other characters can come in and help her. There are. There are warriors that help her. And you have. Have you tried that? I have not. Does that is that online or local only? Ah, you know, I don't know. There's a multiplayer on or off switch, and I'm not sure if that's local. Okay. I, I'm, I feel like it would work very well local. Yeah. I don't know. I have not tried that. Well, sometimes action games locally cooperatively are tough because it's hard to decide mm-hmm. what the camera does. Um, 20, 20, <laughs> a lot of times that's bucks. why you see games that have like a tether between the two characters. 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Yeah. Is that Which fair I, to you? I, more than fair. Okay. Yeah. Like this is a uh, I'm I'm glad this thing has been kind of discovered by people complaining that it about uh, Metroid <laughs> that, that 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 no one's paying attention to it while everybody talks about Metroid because this should be talked about more than Metroid. This is a better game than Metroid did <laughs> without any question. I saw something funny happened this week. Once you get like some of the con- once you figure out how this like the first boss, the first main boss is like this arachnid thing, uh-huh. this ar- arachnid robot thing and I died to it a couple times and then like suddenly like how the parrying worked with it just clicked and like I killed it in like 20 seconds without being touched. Wow. And I was like it was all, it was it was the same kind of thing as when I beat the the horse mounted samurai boss in Sekiro without being touched the first time I, I saw him. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, this is awesome." Like it was yeah. like there's just this moment where it feels like almost like you're playing billiards with this thing. And Everything snaps into place. It all snapped into place. I was like, "Oh, I get it." I get it now. <laughs> yeah. And it's great cuz up to then I got, you know, I understood what I was doing, but it didn't sing yet. Yeah. And it did on that first boss fight and then I was like, "Oh, this, I'm in. This is the <laughs> game I played the most this week." Oh, wow. Sure. Um I was on, I think it was Facebook, because I'm old, and, you know, old people are the only ones who used to still use Facebook at this point. And I think it was from an official Video Game Awards post that Keely or his team had posted, and someone had gone in there and written this diatribe about how um, Metroid Dread was Game of the Year, and that everybody knows it, and that there's no other game that could come close, and that there was some kind of a conspiracy going on between Jeff and PlayStation and Xbox to take turns giving the Game of the Year to PlayStation, then to Xbox, then to PlayStation. And 
dude, I've never seen someone get blown out on social media so much in my life. Like, <laughs> the people just went back. It's so easy. They're just like, okay, they, they just went and looked at all the game, and it was total bullcrap. But this Nintendo fanboy was is so incensed by Metroid Dread that he went on there and just spouted all this nonsense and, like, made a fool out of himself in public. Like, like he didn't like Metroid Dread? Or he no, did? he loved it. Okay. He said that it's like everybody knows it's game of the year. And if you disagree no. with me, you're biased or whatever. And no. like, and then he went on this tirade about, oh, you'll never give it to Nintendo. And then people reminded him that they have given they have. the game of the year to Nintendo before. Like the first Game Awards did give it to Nintendo. Yeah, and then they were also like reminded. Like Reggie was there to accept yeah, it after all, announcing a bunch I, of things. It, I just think it's really funny how... For whatever reason, Just Nintendo fans really have really latched on to that game. It's really weird. But anyway. Well, what else are they going to latch on to this year? This game. Well, yeah, but this is not made Unsighted. by Nintendo. Right. I'm just saying, like, in your opinion, oh, yeah. this game is superior to Metroid Dread. Absolutely. But people like that would never give this game a chance over a game like Metroid Dread, purely because of the IP. That's what I was getting at. Some of that, so, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, because it's not Nintendo. Or because, I don't know doesn't hate gay people enough <laughs> like, there's a whole there's a whole uh subculture board yes of reasons but that aren't really reasons uh so anyway there you go that's unsighted i mean they're shitty reasons but i guess they are reasons yeah again it's available for pc xbox ps4 switch switch everything it's for everything 20 bucks and it's on game pass it's on game pass yeah yep so uh and it's great it looks it's it great. looks awesome i probably will go play it well yeah. maybe we'll see this week's going to be tough. It's not It's not easy. Like, you know, you're going to have to adjust some stuff, but it's not, it's like, punishing like Dark Souls. Yeah. There is a stamina bar. No. It's not It's not that no. bad. It's not too bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't just attack forever. Okay. I'll still check it out, though. I'll definitely give it a go. But I'm, like I said. And you can use your chips to upgrade stamina so you get more and more stamina. So you don't no. have to. So you can eventually, you can, eventually you'll be able to kill anything before you run out of stamina. Yeah. But like I said, I'm on Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. and I, I'm gone this weekend, so I probably have to dedicate all my playtime before I leave to that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, that's Unsighted. Matt recommends it, and uh, you should check it out. It's free on Game Pass, so there's no risk if you're a subscriber. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Avowed, because we finally got some information about Avowed. Also on Game Pass. It will also be eventually. on Game Pass eventually. You're right. This whole show, other than Switch Online, <laughs> yeah. is Game Pass. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Think about that. Yeah. An entire episode of Game Face is, has Game Pass almost for every topic. Yeah, except I guess not Elden Ring. But. Yeah, well, that was that was just an aside. Maybe. That wasn't an official topic, Matt. No. Actually, wow. Who knows? That would rock the Casbah. Yeah. <laughs> if they got an exclusive on that game for even a limited time on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but we're going to talk to you about Avowed, which is a... An, well, I don't know if it even matters anymore to call these games exclusives um it will it is a microsoft published game which means it will be on game pass uh day and date on release and for both xbox and for pc it is a brand new rpg franchise from obsidian which that team is legendary for creating great action rpgs across the years but uh jm rain what did he say jm jm rain asked what the name of the last game was yeah, the last game was Unsighted. Unsighted. Yeah. Yep. I'll make sure people know that that was what that was. Because, uh... Yep. So anyway, um, we're talking about Avowed, which will eventually be 
kind of an exclusive, I guess, for Xbox and PC, if it even matters anymore with Game mm-hmm. Pass, because Game Pass works on pretty much everything, every device, or it will in the not-too-distant future. Um, this game was announced with a trailer a long time ago, and I'll just play it right now so you guys can check it out in case you don't remember it. Um, it look This trailer makes it look like Skyrim, and we have some information. Look, I want to credit the person who released this information uh, because it's a pretty big deal that they got it. Um, this comes from Jez Corden from Windows Central. And Windows Central just kind of plots along and then once every like three or four months, it gets a huge Xbox exclusive out of nowhere. Uh, and this person, Jez, has stated that he saw tons of materials related to, to Avowed. He saw gameplay footage. He saw um, internal development docs. He saw a bunch of screenshots. And he used all this information to put together his report. And Matt, the first thing I did not realize at all is that this game is set in the Pillars of Eternity universe. Yeah, I've said that multiple times. I do not remember you ever saying yeah, that. Yeah, I've said that every time we talk about this. Really? You just don't remember it for some reason. I guess, Probably because yeah. the Pillars of Eternity universe is not particularly memorable. In yeah. yeah. It's pretty standard fantasy stuff. There's some cool stuff in it, but you'd have to have played the games pretty heavily to like have gotten involved in it. Yeah. Well, it's like it literally is like Pillars of Eternity, the action RPG. Yeah. Because it has all it has the same bestiary from yeah. Pillars of Eternity. It has the same setting as Pillars of Eternity. Um, it basically is just like, yeah. okay, Pillars it's of Eternity is It's Obsidian's our... fantasy setting. Like, yeah. That's basically what they're going to do from now on when they do fantasy games. It's going to be set in Be that, set in, in this universe. World. Yeah, which is smart. I mean, that's essentially what Bethesda does with Elder Scrolls. Yeah, and it's not like anybody gives a shit about Elder Scrolls' setting that much. You no, know? it doesn't really matter. Um, Most as... people don't even know it's called Elder Scrolls. So. Uh, yeah. They just know Skyrim or Skyrim, Oblivion yeah, so, or and whatever. And they're going to know Avowed. They're not going to know Pillars of Eternity. You're right. Well, it's yeah. not even in the subtitle in this yeah, case. Yeah. Or not even in the main title. Um, as you might have guessed by watching this trailer, it is a first-person view. It is an action RPG. Um, some of the new information that came out in this report from Jez Corden is that it uses the Outer Worlds engine. How hmm. do you feel about that? Um, I mean, obviously, we don't know what that's going to be like until we see it. It could have mutated. Yeah, but I mean, I liked how Outer Worlds looked, and uh, I actually have gone back to that a few times when the new DLC would come out, and I really like Outer Worlds. Um, I like it, too. I don't know that I, I like I, I the think look of it that much, though. Um, I do like the look of it. Yeah? I, 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 I mean, I, I like Not weird bad. alien worlds and stuff. Like, we'll have to see what they how they do uh, kind of update it for modern, you know, the new consoles. Yeah. New console, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I was really happy with how what Outer Worlds looked like. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, I, the, my my big question is like, can you make a good melee combat system out of that engine? You know, we haven't really seen. I mean, you, there are melee weapons in Outer Worlds, but I don't think we've seen anything on the level of what it would need to be to be a Skyrim killer. You know, not that Skyrim has amazing melee combat, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, anything would be an improvement over like Skyrim. Mm-hmm. But also like Skyrim, there is two-handed combat in this. Um, which provides a bunch of different options and opportunities. You can even use, uh, if you want to cast like the really potent spells, you have to use two-handed spell casting. Right, just like Skyrim. Yep. I mean, it basically rips the whole concept. Yeah. From I mean, Skyrim. it's basically like they were making this. They were making a Skyrim killer before Microsoft bought Bethesda, and, and now they're like, now let's now finish. Like, oh, it. I guess we'll just do this. Yeah. Yep. I mean, avowed. I mean, I, I would be very interested in a in a, in a Skyrim type game set in Pillars of Eternity. Like, there's there's a lot of uh, potential in that universe from that perspective. I think that'd be an interesting thing to do. 
Yep. Um, it has deep RPG exploration and narrative elements. Again, very much like Skyrim. Bullet point, bullet point, yep. bullet point. Uh, bullet multiple point. class play styles. Oh. And, as we, and as we said, oh, two-handed combat, just like Skyrim. Wow. Um, even the spells and all the other stuff, also from Pillars of Eternity. Yeah. So they're bringing over all that stuff. Um, there are weapon enchantments, um, the pillar-style guns, like muskets. Mm-hmm. If you remember, Pillars of Eternity actually has guns in it, which I've yeah. kind of forgotten. Well, yeah, especially Deadfire, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, it was a pirate game. Yeah. So a lot of muskets. Um, like clock punk. And then they said that the the attacks are bound to specific buttons on the controller. So you basically assign each attack to a face button on the controller. That's how you fire those off. They said it's also very colorful, um, like the Outer Worlds, that the color palette of the game, they said don't be fooled by the initial trailer that you saw for Avowed because it's not dark and gray like that, that it's actually very vivid and very very colorful. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, especially if you're using the Outer Worlds engine. Yeah. That engine did a really good job of that. Yep. That's what I think of that game. That's the first thing yeah. I think of is a million colors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's not drab and dark and gray and brown and all that. Um, there's swimming, which is something that's not in Skyrim. Yeah, there is. Is there? You can swim in Skyrim. I mean, it's not fun, but you can you can swim. Why do I not remember swimming in that game? Because there's nothing to do underwater. Uh, there's no reason to go. You in the go water. underwater and find like passageways in a place that's locked. Sometimes, or, oh. like, swim across a little river. Swim across like the. If you go in the cold water, you get hurt. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay, I remember it now. Um, destructible environments are in avowed. That's different. That is definitely different. Um, the big question left open. But will it remain destroyed? Becomes the question. Right. Like, will that building still be destroyed if you come back 40 hours later, or will it have missed it? It should be. I mean, Unless there's very ambitious construction crews. As long as they didn't hire Peter Molyneux on yeah. the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the big X factor that nobody knows still, and even Jez Corden from Windows Central doesn't know this after all the materials that they looked at, no one knows yet if it's an open world game or if it's like the outer worlds mm. where it's like the hub style of design. Right. I mean, I guess that depends on uh, what that engine can handle. If I remember correctly, I thought the job listings for this were for an open world game. I mean, if you're going to make a Skyrim killer, you're probably going to want an open world. Yeah. And I would think that Outer Worlds 2 will also be more open world. I mean, I would obviously it wouldn't so. be all one open world because you have to go to different planets. But I would imagine that you know there will be much bigger areas. I didn't mind the way the Outer Worlds was designed. No, because I, I think it worked sense. with the way the game was designed narratively. Yeah. Yeah, it did, and um, I don't, I don't, I don't need giant open planet air. I mean, I mean, Outer Worlds pretty much uses the same strategy as Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, and it's fine. Like it gives you really nice exploration area moments of these like weird planets, and then takes you to a new one. Yeah, and I mean, my my big wish for Outer Worlds too is in bigger areas. It's more right. Area. I want more yeah. planets. I want to see more crazy. That weird game places. in general was small for yeah. Obsidian. Yeah, it felt. Um, it felt proof of concepty, mm-hmm. uh, although the DLC adds a lot of meat to it. I yeah, mean, like once the, with the DLC, uh, two DLC packs in place, I think it's a pretty pretty good size game. Now Windows Central is saying that this game is in like pre-alpha, and it's mm-hmm. almost to the point where it's like feature complete, and uh, they can start really kind of tweaking it and. Mm-hmm. Sanding down all the rough edges yeah, and figuring I mean, out what works and what does, doesn't work. It feels like we might be seeing an early 2023 on this thing. Well, they also said that they that they think that it may be at the Game Awards. 
this year. Mm, that'd be that'd be good to see it um, to show the first in engine Cause you stuff because you don't really need this next year because you got Starfield coming. I mean, ne- so. Microsoft doesn't really quote unquote need anything. Yeah, like again, honestly, because we get to next year, that's when all these deals that Microsoft has signed are going to start coming to fruition. Next year might be the last year where they would need something. Yeah. After that, I think they should be golden. I just think this is too. To, maybe it's not because it's fantasy. Maybe you could put this out in September and Starfield out in November, but it feels too soon. Yeah. Um, it feels like if you're hitting pre-alpha now and your feature complete, you're going to re- debut at the Game Awards. It's like, like March 2023. That seems to make sense. Yeah. Are you more or less excited for this game now that we have some more details on it? Finally. I mean, it's a, I, nothing you've said. Is, is it any, what you expected? Is, it was exactly what I was already expecting, pretty much. Um, but I'm I'm very excited about it. I I do want to play this game a lot. I'm always interested in, in another take on the Skyrim formula because the you know love them or hate them, Bethesda's the only ones doing these games. Yes, yeah. you know, like and Obsidian. No, I mean, yeah, Obsidian does their own version now. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people that there's obviously crossover there. They've made Fallout, yep. New Vegas, and stuff. Um, and I you know I like Obsidian's take on this on this kind of subgenre. I like I like their their tw- spin on these things and their certainly their narrative twist on stuff. Uh, I really liked Outer Worlds and I would like to see them tackle a Skyrim alike uh, just to see what they make out of it because they generally do Bethesda's deal but almost better, better than Bethesda. Yeah, like, <laughs> I hate to admit it but No, now no disrespect to Bethesda, no, no, but it's not like, at all. Like Bethesda just takes too long to make its games. Yeah. Because Obsidian will make like two or three games in the span between each but that's yeah. the release. And the thing with the thing with Obsidian is, you know, they they are generally kind of making games that are, you know, I guess you consider them me too because like they they are building a sort of off the Bethesda yeah. template a lot of the mm-hmm. time, but they never make one without a good idea. They yeah. never they, they you always play a, an Obsidian kind of game like Outer Worlds or New Vegas or whatever and you're like, "Oh, I totally see why you made this. Like yeah. why this game was pitched. Why why you said we have a reason to make a Fallout or a you know an op- like a like an Outer Worlds style game because Outer Worlds is very uh, Fallouty you know it, it's yeah, it's got absolutely. a lot of Fallout in its DNA yeah, it's got and a little Mass Effect tossed Mass in Effect, there yeah. there's even a little Skyrim in places yep. and like but you can you see why they wanted to make it it's not just like oh this sells so we can make our own it was yeah. al- it's always like they have an idea they have a angle on it they have a story to tell they have characters to show us mm-hmm. like. Like, I always like Obsidian's spin on Or a things. world to suck you into. Yeah. And they're pretty so, good at world building. That so was what impressed me the most with the Outer Worlds. Yeah. And that's also what's interesting to me about Avowed, because I have played both Pillars of Eternity games, and I do like them, and I think the world is interesting, but kind of unrealized in a lot of ways. Yeah. Deadfire does a better job of it. Um, although part of it's telling that when people play Deadfire, they tend to be like, I had no idea this kind of stuff would have happened in this world. Yeah, yeah. because the first game's world is so generically D and D, outside yeah. of the reincarnation, sort of re- reading people's past lives things. That like, there's no real reason to differentiate it from what, say, like a Baldur's Gate had. Yeah, um, Deadfire really does a good job of making it its own thing, and turning that into a more accessible 3D action game is going to be uh, a good move, I think. I think the big X factor for Avowed is are they going to be able to nail the first person combat? Yeah. It's like the obviously the guns and the bows, they're gonna be fine. But how does the first person melee work? Yeah. And that's something that's not easy to get right. No, and they um and look, Obsidian has dropped the ball on combat 
in the past. Yes, it has. Uh, yeah. Even when they didn't drop the ball on anything, because like, Outer Worlds combat wasn't great. Outer Worlds the guns, is not amazing. I mean, when you when I say but... when I say bad Obsidian combat, I am mostly thinking about Alpha Protocol. Yeah, well. um, <laughs> which is a phenomenal game narratively. It like, is. Yeah, I don't know if I've played another game that changes the story more drastically based on your choices. Like it's a really, cult classic. like yeah. to the point that if you get to the end of the game. And then go to the rest of the game, go play it again, and make purposely make the opposite choices you made the first time. You will have a completely different end of the game. Like it, it's unrecognizably yeah. different. Yeah. The problem is the gunplay is awful. Like just, it's not fun to play Alpha Protocol. You play, you 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 endure Alpha Protocol to see the branching narrative idea done better than it maybe has ever been done anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and I hope they can bring some of that to this. Yeah, um, I'm excited for this have game. Combat that doesn't make me go. Ugh, I mean, this time. is yeah, this is pretty high up my list of like games that like I'm jacked up for. Avowed, yeah. like it's probably top five, top ten. And I can't wait to see all the people going like Avowed. What's that? <laughs> Why would they say that? Because people don't know the word avowed. Oh, weird. Life is weird. Um, so your guess is. You have any idea how many times somebody says thesaurus and somebody thinks they're talking about a dinosaur? <laughs> One would be too many. <laughs> so you're thinking early 2023? I think like Q1 2023 might be. I wouldn't be surprised bet. if it makes it out end of year next year. If it's already in it alpha, might. Uh, it might. I, it but just these kinda... games, there's a lot of bugs to squash. Oh yeah, well especially Obsidian. I think you got to. Yeah. I think you got to make a really <laughs> good let's impression. Let them spend yeah, two years sure. doing that. Let's set the Microsoft, you know, dev community sort of like help out with like figuring yeah. this thing out. That, would, um, that pays dividends. It does. Yeah. It does. And I think I also do think, you know, Obsidian does have the reputation for putting out the buggy stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to these like kind of Bethesda-like things. I mean, look at Fallout New Vegas. It was sure. a disaster at launch. It still is to some degree, uh, especially if yeah. you're trying to play the 360 version backwards compatible on the Xbox One. Is ask it me, broken? Ask me how I know. It's like, I mean, it still crashes a lot. Yeah. Is all. The Outer um, Worlds, though. Wasn't like that. Outer Worlds is solid, but also, but it was also not an open world game. No, and, but it's all and it's also some, you know lower profile and, and this smaller. Is, this is their this is their biggest you know most ambitious release in a very long time and the first big ambitious release uh, under the Microsoft ownership. So you want to you want to put your best foot forward on this. So I think yeah. give them, give them the time they need to make this thing really come out of the gate polished because you're already going to be suffering from the PR disaster of how bad Starfield's going to be at launch because we all know that's going to happen. I would hope not. I hope not, because Starfield is my most wanted game next year, probably, after maybe Horizon. But I like, mean, they have been working on it for a really have, long time. But we've all been to Bethesda launches <laughs> before, right? It's true. Yeah. It's, it there's, no, you know, there's, there's no time like the present to do it, do it upright and change, change I'm the I'm hoping pattern. they're turning over a new leaf with their new owners. Oh, yeah. Well, after Fallout 76, I would hope they would, yeah, they they would realize, like, oh, <laughs> we, they we, can't do that we again. better stick this landing. They definitely can't or, do that uh, again. But, you know. Yep. Uh, let's Again, no saying. battle plan survives contact with the enemy. Um, it's one thing to QA test with a thousand people; it's another to put it in the hands of millions of players. Um, Sanuku is saying, "What the hell are those guys on? The game is in pre-production." Okay, you can't say stuff like this and call people out without citing where you're getting the information from. So, if you're going to slag somebody and say that their information is incorrect after they shared where they got their information from. You need to share where you got your information from. Um, and he says, what the hell are those guys on? The game is in pre-production. What playable build? Did someone spike their drinks? And then Nox Atronitis says, yeah, there is no playable build. How, who are you guys? Well, he's, well, he's saying, like, Jez, read Jez's article. It says it's not playable yet, and it's nearing the end of pre-production. 
No, I just read the article this morning again for like the third time. It says mm. it's in pre-alpha and about to be feature complete. Anyway. Uh, what else do people say about this? Um, I don't... It's just these same two guys saying that we're idiots, basically. Article says it's pre-alpha, so it's pretty deep in production. Yeah. Okay. Deep in pre-production, it says. Or he says. That's not what the article says, though. Mm. <clears throat> the article says it's right on the fringe of a being a playable build. Yeah, Veritas says, the article says it's in pre-alpha. Yeah. Yeah, which is exactly what I said. Yeah. I said it was in pre-alpha. So, I don't... Why do people do this, Matt? Why do people go into chat and like be like, I know more than you do, and I'm going to show you that I know more than you do. I don't get it. <laughs> Where do they get out of it? Anyway... Yeah, late next year is probably a stretch. And to Matt's point, I, I agree. Like, it's better if they give it time because we're going to have no shortage of games to play. Um, that's for sure. Uh, Vincent quotes the article, says, Sources familiar with internal plans have reached out to us in recent months offering details on Avowed, moving through pre-production towards a playable alpha state. Indeed, Obsidian is likely close to having a working early version of the game. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. So, whatever. All right, let's move on. Last topic. Of episode 275, and you guys probably guessed what it was or what it was going to be. And we're going to talk about DC FanDome. Um, last year at DC FanDome, we got the announcement of two big Batman, Gotham, Arkham projects. I don't know what, what, you could, what phrase you use to quantify those two games into one. I mean, they're Batman games. Yeah. They don't, don't, don't have Batman in them. Pretty much. Yeah, neither one does. In fact, the first game we're going to talk about, with, which is Gotham Knights, um, the whole concept of the game is that Batman is gone. And Gotham has been left in this state of disrepair. And you're this group of young upstarts who need to come in and lay down the law in Gotham. And, well, you're the Bat family. Yeah, the Bat family. Um, and... One thing I would say about that is we got a huge chunk of gameplay when they debuted that a year ago, and we have seen nothing about it since. But for Fandome 2021, we got the first story trailer. And this is important because I don't think a lot of people know what the Court of Owls is, um, which is the crux mm -hmm. of the story in this game. I'm still not 100% certain what it, the Court of Owls is. I know it's like this shadow organization in Gotham, but I can't figure out if they're like good guys or bad guys. They're bad guys. They're they are the they're a secret, super secret underground organization has existed for as basically as long as Gotham has that are secretly pulling all the strings. And it's, they're they're like the secret elders of Gotham. Sort of think of it like that. Um, so they say in this trailer, they're like, I didn't even believe that they existed or right, whatever. Right. They're, so they're, they kind of think of it as like it's almost like a bit. It's a bit of an kind of an explanation stab at like. Why does Gotham never get any better, even with everything that Batman does? Mm -hmm. And it's because the Court of Owls is really manipulating everything. It's why Gotham's so weird. Why do they want Gotham to fail? Uh, <laughs> to enrich themselves. Oh, okay. it's, all, it's all, you know, it's an oligarch, oligarchy thing, hmm. if I remember right. Weird. Not weird. It's how the world works. Like, there's but a bunch of, bunch of rich, rich aristocratic people running everything and siphoning off all the money to Yeah, have but if the power. city goes under, there's nothing to say. The city's from. not going under because they're still making money. Okay. All right. And how do the Court of Owls fit into this whole plot? Um, so 
I guess the the your your group here the you know the the band of the, the former Robins and Team Batgirl, Batman yeah Bat Family they're going to essentially accidentally uncover the Court of Owls while looking for Batman presumably because Batman has gone undercover to infiltrate the Court of Owls because um, Batman I don't think is supposed to be dead in this there's a um, couple shots in the trailer that lead me to believe he's not not what dead. Yeah, no, I don't think he is supposed to be dead in this. He's not supposed he's to be? He's missing. Oh, okay. He's not there, but I don't think he's supposed to be dead. I mean, they, they might think he's dead. I don't know, but I don't think he's dead. Okay. This is not a sequel to Arkham. Right. Suicide Squad is. Suicide Squad is, yeah. As people have discovered, um, mm-hmm. kind of sorting through. We'll get to Suicide Squad. But, yeah, it's there's some more obvious hints in that versus in Gotham Knights. About yeah, Gotham Knights is its own standalone thing, yeah. pretty much. And it's a cooperative game. Yeah, which I think I think is probably a branch off of because the Court of Owls made a lot of sense as the next step for the Arkham games, but then they just sort of stopped making them. Um, because this would also technically work as a follow up to Arkham Knight, the, the premise that Batman's gone and his proteges have to sort of like solve the problem. Right. Um, but instead, I guess they just made it its own standalone game. I mean, I'll just be honest. I do not find the Court of Owls interesting as an enemy. Uh, the Court of Owls is one of the best Batman stories ever told. It I may or totally may not believe it that. may or may not translate as a decent enemy of I mean think of it uh, the way they're treating it in this feels like it's going to be pretty much the League of Assassins. Yeah. Um just you're going to you're, you're you're kind of like fighting a shadow or an organization that sort of like Rachel Ghoul's things. Yeah. I see I I prefer like the bad guy. Well there will instead be of that the bad too. guys. There plural. will be that too. I mean there's there's a leader of the Court of Owls. And is he awesome and he's bad he some dude <laughs> like, he's, he's 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 very important yeah see I, as someone who doesn't really give a crap about batman or batman's lore and it, like that doesn't well, i'm resonate, not gonna that t- doesn't I'm resonate not, with i'm me. not gonna tell you the end of court of owls because some people may have not read it yet all i will say it is one of the best batman stories ever told and you will not be let down by what the revelation of what the court of owls and who they the guy run, okay. running them are um assuming they adapt it well, you know, accurately. Who, who knows yeah. what they're doing here? You right. Know, it could. You know, it looks looks on target, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, and I'll, you know, as the the villains for an entire video game, I don't know. But like, also, like you know, we see other villains, and there's tons of villains in Gotham that can be, you know, you know play bit parts. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Arkham did that too. I mean, the bad guys, you know, the bad guys in Arkham Knight were technically, you know, uh, the Arkham Knight and his paramilitary guys, and but you fought a bunch of the other things during that. Uh, Arkham City, you were fighting the Joker, but you went after Mister Freeze and the Penguin and all, you know. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a whole rogues gallery to deal with, and um, I'm not really worried about that. Um, you know, so you, far from this game, the least interesting thing. Arkham Knight turned ten, or Arkham City turned ten yesterday. Wow, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just what I, from what I've seen of this game so far, the least interesting thing to me is the Court of Owls. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, they're not like visually exciting characters. Yeah. Uh, visually exciting enemies, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very good story. Okay. Well, hopefully so. they can adapt it well and accurately, um, so it stays true to what Matt's talking. Well, about. I don't know. I mean, not having Bruce be the center of the story um, means they're adapting it differently. Right. So but, he was the center of the story in the comic. Yeah, Batman is definitely the protagonist okay. of the Court Owl story. Which lends credence to maybe he does appear eventually. I would be very surprised if they don't accidentally... You know, I'm, I, my guess is just in terms of how these things go is that it's going to be a thing where they... they Their investigations blow his cover. 
that he's, uh, he's infiltrating the court of owls to figure out what's going on, and that's why he disappeared. Uh-huh. And he had to make it look like he was dead, right. but then they accidentally make him force him to break cover, and like now they just got to fight. And now he's on, on their side, and blah blah. Right, blah. like that's yeah. what I guess. Or maybe you know, it might do an Indiana Jones Temple of Doom thing, where he's been brainwashed or something. You know, and you have to mm-hmm. snap him out of it, or he, so you got to fight Batman. Ooh, I uh, so I don't know. Like, yeah, it could be stuff like that would, would be kind of directions I could think they would take it. Are you excited for this game? Yeah, like I'm not I'm kind of right there with you. Like I, I think it depends how hard it's going to be to play it solo. Yeah, because I'm not interested in a co-op thing. Well, you'll have me, and we can just find two other mm-hmm. people. Or wait, is it three? I don't remember. I think it is only it, three. Is it three? Yeah, we can just find one other person. I don't have any interest in playing a co-op Batman game. You want to play Batman with me, Matt? I don't want to play Batman with anybody. Why? You hate me. It's it's not interesting to me. It's a it's definitely a different take. Um, I mean, I would rather just have another Arkham game. Yeah. As much as I disliked Arkham, you hated Knight. the last one. Yeah, but like, <laughs> just you gotta you could just do Arkham City again. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Now Rocksteady obviously has moved on to something else, which was also shown at DC Fandom. Yeah, but the people who made this also, you know, Origins wasn't my favorite, but it, it was better than Arkham Knight. Yeah. I didn't mind Arkham Knight. I liked it actually. I I, I played it again. I did a whole re- a couple years ago. I did a whole replay through of, of all the Arkham games. I despise Arkham. Oh, Knight. I'm well aware. Like that. That's probably <laughs> the biggest disappointment of last generation to me. Like, wow. Just a terrible, terrible series of decisions. Wow. I, like I I agree with you that it's probably not the best of that series, but I still thought it was good. I still enjoyed playing. Yeah, it. I I hated it. I, I do think it's better with all the DLC in place because yeah. there's actual Batman villains in it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, nah, it's like, especially in comparison to City, which I think I, I think a very strong case can be made for City or Asylum being the best of the Arkham games, one way or the other. Although ironically, I think that Origins, which I think has the worst combat, has the best story. I'd probably um, agree with that. Uh, or at least the best written story, I thought. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I went back through all four of them, and I still like Night the Least, and I like Origin a lot more than I did the first time, in part because at least it wasn't Night. Okay, so you do not like Arkham Knight, which was no. made by Rocksteady, yep. and now Rocksteady is working on Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad, Kill the Justice League. And let me just take it right back there, because people wondered where this was set, and there you go. Yep, it's Arkham. It is set in Arkham. In Everyone was Gotham. like... Rather. Yeah, and everybody was like up in arms, wondering where it's set. As it turns out, they are returning to a familiar setting. Does that make you more excited? No, I no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they're doing with this, and it also sounds like another thing I'm going to have to team up with other players to do, which I don't care about. I don't care about Suicide Squad stuff. Like, it's just as an IP in no. general. No, I. Uh, the James Gunn movie I like well enough. It's I like, okay. I like Harley Quinn, uh, but it was better than the one prior. I'll say that. Oh. Like I'll buy a lot. I've had dentist appointments that are better than that one. <laughs> um, but it's just not as interesting. Uh, I've never. This isn't about you know the game or the modern. It's, it's like I've never found the Suicide Squad thing to be particularly compelling. Yeah. Um, this is the first in-engine footage, by the way, of this game. Yeah. Before the the prior trailer we have was all CG. This is what the game actually looks like. I saw a lot of people on Sifted were all pissed off about like not seeing gameplay, and I'm like, I. Well, I a, don't know, man. It's There's an some, engine. It's kinda. just cut really fast. There are definitely some shots of some action in here. Um, and it's definitely an engine, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And this is also, I should mention, next-gen only. Yeah. PS5, Xbox Series X, PC. No, None of this straddling generations crap. 
Uh, do you think you can you see it in the graphics? Um, I think I can see it in the lighting. Yeah, there's there's, there's environmental details that are definitely uh, above and beyond what last gen can do. I mean, this game has been in development for a long time, yep. and I'm wondering if that may play into. I it mean, a all the bit. effects there with like the flashes, lightning, and and uh, green lanterns, like all that. There's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. there. You know, it's it's maybe not the flashiest thing in the world. Flash, yeah. get it? And but like that's <laughs> like there's a, I see a lot of lighting stuff and sort of like that couldn't have been done, and uh, some of the fabric stuff like. Like, uh, um, what's his name's coat? Uh, uh, Captain Boomerang's coat. Like, that looks really good. Yeah. One of the things that annoyed me about that leaked Eld- Eld- uh, Elden Ring footage, it's 2021, and it's time to stop letting swords clip through capes. <laughs> like, stop it. It is for last gen, though. I don't want to be... I don't want to, like, give developers a pass. Like, I feel like I'm getting to this point where... Yeah, but you know what? Like, the remaster... The remaster of Arkham... The remaster of Arkham City minimized his... Because you know, his, yeah. his scallops on his arm used to clip through the cape. Uh-huh. They got rid of that for the most part wow. when, they re- when they redid that. Yeah. It looks really good now. And do- doesn't really do that in Arkham Knight, either. Yep. So, you can make it work. Or, if you can't make it work, don't even put the sword there. Like, there's ways around that. Anyway... Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff here that, that says next gen to some degree. But again, a lot of that stuff. Penguin. Penguin. Uh, Penguin's in all of this stuff, apparently. Because yeah. he's also in the new Matt Reeves Batman movie, so Penguin's going to be a big deal for a while. It's funny um, how that all trickles down. Yeah, synergy. <laughs> synergy is important. They're like, we got to remind people about the Penguin so that when he's in the movie, that, you know, people yeah, are well, excited about it. I mean, it happens a lot. You know, like, like uh, for years now, She Hulk has been, has been, they changed her. She was huge and like, you know, big and huge and muscly and like very, Hulk, yeah. like Hulk, and she like was you know she couldn't talk very much. Although you could see her internal monologue was still a very smart lawyer person. Yeah, uh, but she's got a new series coming out, uh, and she's going to go back to her old classic self, like oh. kind of a you know, like a nine foot tall green woman in a suit doing lawyer stuff because that <laughs> because that is what she's going to be in the in the Disney in the Plus film. show, yeah, in the Disney Plus show. So like, yeah, you gotta you gotta synergize. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Um, anything that stood out in that trailer for you, Matt? Um, not really. I mean, like, I, I don't think, yeah, I do uh, sympathize with sort of the negative responses to the trailer in the sense that we still don't really know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, moment, there's no, no there's no, there's in-game stuff. There's probably in-game play shots in this trailer, but there's. Did you, you s- mention a minute ago it's cooperative? I thought it was cooperative. Is that really? Not, not cooperative? I don't know. I mean, I just, you're going to make a Suicide Squad game and not make it cooperative? I, I honestly seem... don't know if it is or it isn't. I just mm-hmm. thought maybe you had heard something about it. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense that it would be because they are kind of a team. But I don't know. Um, I think most people would probably want to play with Harley Quinn, though. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think this is one of those teams where there are some members that are far more desirable than others. Sort of. I it's mean, like dep- Justice League. I like all of them, but sort of. But I think it depends on like what you want your gameplay style to be. Like if you know, I feel like you would be more of a Deadshot person. Yeah. Um, you want to just punch stuff. You're King Shark. You want to. Or eat stuff. I don't actually know what the point of uh, Captain Boomerang would be. But yeah, I don't assume, yeah, he's the smart one. Kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Support, I guess. I, I guess. Know. Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, Harley's the smartest person on the team. Yeah, yeah. She's the mastermind. Um, and the plot of this, I mean, for what we know of it so far, is, you know, it's the typical Suicide Squad plot where they have the bombs in their I guess. Heads. I guess Boomerang's the gadget character. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. a lot of... He's tricks. the engineer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's the engineer. That makes yeah. sense. And I guess the basically the plot is like the other Suicide Squad stuff. They have brains in their or bombs implanted in their brain, yeah. and 
if they don't do what they're told, their heads explode. Yeah. And so they have to go fight the Justice League. The Justice League's minds have been overtaken by... Brainiac. Brainiac, right. Yeah. And, and that's why they look all insane with, like, their eyes. Yeah. I mean, and the, having to take out the Justice League, and it's, it's cool. But it's like, again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense where it's like, okay, so you're, you, Superman's gone rogue, so you're going to send a woman with a bat <laughs> I know, after dude. him. Like, that's not really going to – none of these people are a solution to Green Lantern going crazy. Right. Like, yeah. But, I mean, that's sort of an inherent problem with the Suicide Squad, like – premise it know? is yeah although in the comics a lot of times they're just ta- they're just carrying out what would essentially be wet works missions yeah in the movie you know in the original movie the the the, the terrible terrible first movie uh like they the excuse for the setup of the of them is like well superman might go might go rogue at any moment i'm like none of the people in this team are going to be able to stop that right like that is not yeah. a thing i mean that, superman just kind of breaks everything right yeah because sure. he's so powerful it's like no one can really mess with him Right. So, I mean, if he wanted, if he was really gone, like like where, where, you know, under Brainiac's control and like murdering people, he could kill all five of those people before you could blink. Right by snapping his fingers. Yeah. Yeah. He just, Literally he just by moves snapping that his fingers. So could Flash. <laughs> Flash can eat you a hundred times before you can think. Right. Like. Yeah. None of these guys. That's that's why they're scary. Yeah. That's why, that's why you don't want taken over. That's why you don't want to think about it too much, and why they make a really big effort in the comics to make you believe that Superman and Green Lantern and uh, Flash are really good people at heart yeah. who would never do anything like that. Right. Um, and why Batman is the one who gets to be broody and dark and, and, and kind of overviolent at times because he's just a guy. Yep. What is that character's name? Where? The black woman? Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller, that's right. Yeah. And Dr. She has, Amanda She has Waller. a history. Yeah, Amanda Waller is a great character. Yeah. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that they keep making her thinner. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm uh, sure she like Amanda Waller doesn't need to be. Yeah, it, it's it's strange, but like Amanda Waller is great. Like she's she's one of the all time great comic characters. So Matt, which of these two games do you, are you more excited for, Gotham Knights or Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League? Oh, it's a, a tough one. Flip a coin, I guess. Um, I'm more the premise of Suicide Squad is more interesting to me, like assassinating the Justice League. Just seeing Rocksteady's take on the Justice League characters will be interesting in that regard. Um, as far as who I'd want to play as, I'm more interested in playing as Nightwing or Batgirl, uh, the characters in, in Gotham Knights. But neither of them really, really like ping, you know, neither, neither of them really pins the needle. Chat, what say you? Which of these two games are you more excited for? Gotham Knights or Suicide Squad Kill Justice League? I, I think it's Suicide Squad because... One, you said the concept is better with trying to take out the Justice League, mm-hmm. but it's also because it's Rocksteady. And I know you didn't like Gotham Knight. I did. Um, I didn't think it was as good as the prior couple games, but I still thought it was really good. And I do think that Rocksteady is really talented. They and, are. And, and like Arkham Knight is technically solid, or was after the PC version got fixed. Um, I don't think that... Uh, Arkham also be a next gen only that makes a difference. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't care about that really. But Arkham Knight, I don't care that like it, to me Arkham Knight is not that like they made a bad game technically. Uh, it's that I disagree with every creative choice they made about that game. Yeah, um, which has nothing to do with whether they're gonna make a good Suicide Squad game. All um, right, let's take a look at what Chat's saying. Um, Sanuku, I still believe a Suicide Squad could still find its niche, but I don't expect it to be big enough to see it to see a sequel. On the other hand, the Al Batman game can still become something special, even with the cringe team part. Okay, that's I fair. would be a little surprised if Suicide Squad wasn't a bigger hit than Gotham Knights. Suicide Squad is the only DC 
live action movie in the last 10 years to make any kind of impact on the on the cultural zeitgeist. Harley Quinn has become a regular Halloween costume because of Suicide Squad. Now, people can't even remember anything else that happened in that movie except that Harley Quinn looked cool. Yep. So I, I think Suicide Squad has the bigger hit potential of the two of these. Okay. Um, also because it's rock steady, and let's be honest, it's probably going to be a better game. Yep. Uh, it seems like most people agree with us. Um, Vincent also clarified a couple things. Suicide Squad can be played solo or in four-player online co-op. Right, but we'll see if the solo, much like Back for Blood and Left for Dead, let's see if the solo is any good. And then Gotham Knights is only two-player co-op. That's I knew it was a weird number, mm-hmm. I, but I thought it was three instead of two. That's interesting. Um, let's see. Nox Aeternitis, probably Gotham. People up here saying I was wrong. I don't get that. I, he, we just read the quote directly from the article, and people are still saying I gave in. I mean, if they're moving towards pre-alpha, they are certainly not in alpha. Yeah, um, I said they're almost in alpha. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I said. Anyway, um, doesn't matter. I guess it depends how long it takes them to move through alpha. I don't know how long it usually takes uh, Obsidian to do that. Yep. Um, sneaky. I'll replay Arkham Asylum again. Jam Rain. I mean, that's it. probably the smarter move. Yeah. <laughs> Um, J.M. Rain, let's see, he says, J.M. Rain, where did he go? Oh, says Suicide Squad, Minority Games says Gotham Knights, uh, Nox Nidus says I have no attachment with Suicide Squad, me either. Um, mm-hmm. Mellowak, Suicide Squad by a mile, um, Erebus Jones, they've taken so long to get these done, I'm struggling to find enthusiasm for either. I mean, that's a, that's a point too. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Axel F, 1986, Suicide Squad. Um, the Big Smoke, 82, Suicide Squad. If the graphics look like this, they will. Um, I think that's it. So it sounds like most people are I think just guys. having... I mean, Suicide Squad did well. Like, if people recognize that, you know, it's basically the James Gunn team yep. here, uh, the, the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I got... I, I have no doubts that Suicide Squad will be more recognized. Yeah, not that people don't like Batgirl and Nightwing and all that stuff, but, like, there's just, Harley Quinn is just more high-profile than just about anybody in the Bat world except Batman himself at this point. Yeah, it's true. And the Joker. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that was all the game stuff that happened at DC Fandom. But, however, there was a ton of film, television, comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big event. Yeah. I mean, they, they dropped. They blew it out. They really did. They were, and we're not, obviously we're a gaming podcast. So we're not going to talk about this stuff crazy in depth, but I do want to get Matt's takes on a couple things because I value his opinion on stuff like this a lot, and I'm sure you guys do too. The Batman launching mm-hmm. on March 4th, 2022. How are you feeling about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have some confidence in Matt Reeves. Like he he does good work. Um, I'll I'll definitely see it. I, I liked th- the new trailer. I thought the trailer was bleh. Um, it looked. I liked it. It looked pretty. It looked very like it was trying very hard to be dark and gritty. And I got a weird feeling of like, you're, are you showing me all the best things in the movie in this trailer? I get. Why is his costume? Why does it actually look like he made it now? Hmm? Like they show his costume like a couple close ups, and you can see like. Um, like the stitching on like the nose piece, you can see where it's like sewn on. Oh well, some like of that, his boots are like just boots with yeah, like jeans on. Some of that is because he's it's it, part of this takes place when he's early on. Okay. So, but, but then like later when he's walking down the hallway and they're just shooting him and the bullets are bouncing off him, I think that's a different outfit. That's an awesome shot, by the way. Yeah, it's, I love that shot. It looked like Darth Vader walking down the hallway in Rogue One. I but it's got the strobes from the guns. Yeah, like, I mean visually, I thought it was pretty. Visually clever. looks not. Yeah, I. 
I don't see anything new in this Batman wise. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't either, see but. anything in this that's, that shows me something I haven't already seen. You know, like it's like it's nice that you're kind of backtracking on the the Affleck Batman thing. Not that I thought he was a bad Batman. Uh, for Robert what he was Pattinson in. is now Pat Bat. Pat Bat. Yeah. He seems fine. He's fine. Yeah. Sure. He didn't stand out or anything. No, I mean and the Riddler looks, you know, an, an interesting take on the Riddler. It could be a, a revelatory thing, maybe. Like so, but really, the interesting stuff is going to come out of the villains on this. Like, and I guess you've sort of reverted Batman back to sort of where we were with Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. Like, you're reminding me of Batman Begins visually. Yeah, in a I got lot that vibe too. Um, which is not a bad thing, but it just sort of feels like review. Um, like I understand, you kind of got to go back to the drawing board a couple in a couple ways for this character because of what's been done to the DC movies in the interim by Zack Snyder and the other hopeless people they've had driving this ship directly into the wall. But um, you know, and the and the other stuff is going to do the same thing. Like a lot of this is course correction. I do think it's weird that they're going to have three live-action Batmans next year. That is odd. Um, you're going to have Pattinson in this movie. You're going to have uh, Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in the sh- in the Flash movie playing different versions of Batman. A little um, weird. Now, the Flash, the thing, reason for that in part is because the Flash is doing a giant overcorrection, not overcorrection, a giant course correction for the DC extended universe that's basically going to erase the Zack Snyder movies from continuity, um, which, great, awesome. Like, too bad you couldn't have done that <laughs> ahead of time and yeah. realized not to let him do those stupid, <laughs> terrible movies. But, like, um, in the end of that, I think you're going to end up with Michael Keaton as the Batman in the DC movies. Mm. And there are already rumors that he is going to be Batman in the Batgirl movie. Wow. Um, so you're basically going to kind of do Batman as an older character in these movies. Interesting. Um, probably also why they had Michael Keaton narrating the Flash trailer. Yep. Um, interesting. Uh, also amazing to me that Titans is getting a season four. Like, I guess that show must cost nothing to produce. I mean, there's so... there were I didn't even include all this stuff in here. Like, there were so many TV shows yeah. coming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Every over-the-top service has... Well, DC is all over... I mean, at least one. You've got the HBO Max stuff with DC. You've got the movies. You've got the, Now you've got a Batman series that is going to be separate from the other movies. You've got the CW shows, which have actually done probably the most justice to the, D, to the DC concepts of anyone. Um, you know, that all turned out way better than any of it had any right to. Uh, and they've actually done the crossover stuff better than the movies have. Um, with the Legion stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, that you know, even even like the Doom Patrol, like it's Doom just Patrol. Is I didn't a great even know show. some of these shows. I was aware of the shows, and didn't even know that they were like DC yeah. properties. How about, the, <laughs> how about the fact that Pennyworth is on a season three? I didn't even uh, know that show was on. It's like, crazy. There's so much. Um, Injustice, the game, is getting an animated series, yeah. right? Yeah. That's is that good? Yeah, I mean, it depends so much on the drawing from the comics. Is the comics the Injustice comics are some of the best DC stories told in the last. 20 years wow like okay. they they let i can't remember the name of the guy who writes those but they oh, it's basi- an animated film not an animated series right but yeah. they basically let him loose because like none of it matters mm-hmm. right like the only thing that had to happen was he because at first the first comics were a prequel leading up to the events of uh, injustice the first game mm-hmm. and then after Inju- and after that he wrote um like the interim but that you know, covered the time between injustice and injustice 2 and his only guideline was as long as everybody who needs to be alive is alive and the situation is the way it is when it all know, justice ends. happens, yeah. do whatever you want. Oh. And it's great. Huh. Like it, And it actually has some of the best character development for Harley Quinn in anything wow. ever. 
Like she, her, her transition from being the Joker's sidekick uh, to being basically a hero mm-hmm. in that comic series is fantastic. Huh. Like, and Green Green Arrow and Black Canary help her through a lot of that, and it's great. And they reference some of it in Injustice too. Like, you know, clearly the ne- the Nether Realm guys liked what what was done in the comics too, because they incorporate some of that. Yeah. Um, so if they can capture some of that and and translate some of those moments to this this animated movie, fantastic. That'd be great. It'd be a great companion piece to the games. Okay. Um, Black Adam, starring The Rock, mm-hmm. is coming out July 29th of next year. What the hell is Black Adam? I don't even know what it is. Black Adam is a uh, Shazam, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel bad guy. Oh. Um, so Black Adam, you'll notice he is basically Shazam in a dark outfit. Um, so in... He and he's an old, old character. Like this, I've never he, heard of him before. Uh, he was he's he popped up in a lot of the Infinite Crisis stuff and and Countdown stuff as a more major villain, like in recent you know, the last fifteen years or so. Mm-hmm. But he disappeared. He was in like one or two old Captain Marvel stories and then disappeared until more recently and came back as sort of an anti-hero villain character. Um, he's he's from ancient Egypt. And he uh, is given the same powers as Shazam, as Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, Shazam, the character we know as Shazam now is called Captain Marvel for almost a century, yeah. which is why I have trouble just calling him Shazam. But um, Wasn't there a Shazam TV show in the 80s? Yeah. 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 It was a live action and a cartoon. Didn't he like live in an RV or something, if yes. I remember correctly? Yeah, he traveled. He kind of did the Scooby-Doo <laughs> thing, kind of traveling around. Yeah. And it was a whole yeah. Marvel family. It was like him and Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel, and it was a whole yeah. thing. Um. He was the most, so he was, in the 40s, he was the most popular superhero in the world. Wow. Cap- Captain Marvel's books in the 40s outsold Superman. Wow. That was, that was a character my dad grew up reading. He loves Shazam. So you're saying so, I'm stupid for not knowing no, who Black Adam is. <laughs> no, Black Adam was a fairly obscure character until ver- uh, fairly recently if you were reading comics. So, like, okay. um, Black Adam was given the same powers as Shazam was, but in ancient Egypt, and he kind of turned became a ruler f- because of it. And got punished by Shazam for misusing the powers and woke up in modern day and fought Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Shazam being the wizard who gave the powers out. Also the name that Captain Marvel says to become Captain Marvel. Also the name of Captain Marvel himself now. So presumably he only transforms back and forth when he says Shazam if he really means it. Uh, Um, (laughs) It's it's copyright. It's a copyright thing. Because Captain Captain Marvel is also Carol Danvers in... You know, from Marvel Comics, right. so you can't call yeah. two characters Captain Marvel. Um, so Shazam is his name now, and um, so he had to fight Black Adam. And Black Adam in the modern comics became the the ruler of a um, of a Middle Eastern country whose name I can't remember, called Kandak, Kandak or something like that. And basically, he's sort of a dictator, but he's also has the best interests of his people in mind. But he's also kind of a jerk. Um, basically, he's 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 he'll and he'll kill people like he's a murderer and he's sort of but he's also sort of an anti-hero. It's like a weird, he's a weird sort of code of honor. So like the heroes don't think of him as like evil, like Lex Luthor evil, but he's also like you got to watch him. Okay. So he's kind of got an anti-hero thing going on. Um, it would be very interesting to see how The Rock handles that because yeah, it's weird not, to see Dwayne play not, that he, role. He's a very charis- He can be a charismatic character, but he is a very stoic, standoffish asshole. He is. Probably the closest Marvel equivalent I'd say would be Namor. Huh. Like he's 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 you know the Imperious Rex thing. Like he's yeah. a very haughty, um, condescending jerk most much of the time. Seems but out of place for. It's not the Rock's usual thing, <laughs> but of course, God, you know, Shazam is not also usually not like a go- giant goofball like the way yeah. he was in the movie. To the to the point that 
One of the weirdest things about the first Shazam movie is that... Um, I couldn't watch the whole thing. I thought it was very boring. Yeah, I couldn't like, make it. I made it like an hour in. And the th- I was the like, thing I'm that I in. thought was really weird was that when Zach Levi you know, becomes, Shazam, becomes Shazam, Zach Levi is behaving as a 13-year-old, but he is not behaving as the 13-year-old character we've seen the other actor play. Like, Billy Batson, the 13-year-old character we've seen for the rest of the movie, isn't like that. Yeah. Like, he's actually kind of overly serious for a 13-year-old. Yeah, you're right. Because he's been through a bunch of shit. And, like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, we're going to go buy a beer, and I'm going to zap people in the butt. And stuff like, that is not the (laughs) character. It's it's like they never talk to each other or something. Mm Um, he became like a, like a generic, so that's sort of like a weird disconnect there. So who knows what Black Adam, as played by The Rock, will be, or if The Rock, but, but, although again, The Rock well, has- I expect it to be a big film. Yes, yeah, I mean, every every superhero movie made by Warner Brothers or Marvel is expected to be a major billion dollar th- hit. If that seems like be. a big stretch, man. It is, but if I mean- I don't know what Black Adam is. Do you know what the Guardians of the Galaxy are? Because no one knew what that was before that movie came out. I was vaguely aware of them, but you're right. Your point is made. The Eternals. Um, I mean, we talked about that last week, that nobody knows who right. they are. And yeah. the Eternals have the biggest pre- ticket pre-sales of any movie this year. That's mind-boggling. Never underestimate Marvel. <laughs> I guess not. So, I'm just, so if people can turn, if they can turn Guardians of the Galaxy and Eternals into household names, and it looks like they're about to do that with Eternals, just like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy, the fact that everybody knows who Rocket Raccoon is now is mind-boggling Or the fact to that me. I am right now playing a Guardians, right, of, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy video game. Triple a game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They can turn Black Adam into that if they, get, if they make something good. And The Rock has the charisma to pull it off. And The Rock has played heels in his wrestling Well, yeah, he was a wrestling. Time, so he, he can do it. Wrestler. I yeah. mean, Black Adam... The modern interpretation of Black Adam is not super different from when The Rock was a jerk. Yeah. You remember when The Rock was a yeah. big, arrogant asshole? I always thought he was. He could That's, absolutely I mean, that was put that persona back on, and just <laughs> that would be Black Adam. Just raise the eyebrow. So Yeah. Okay. I'm sure he will. Totally will. <laughs> of course he will. That's what he gets paid for. I just want to see him in the little elf ears. <laughs> usually, usually Black Adam has pointy ears. Oh. I don't know why. Um, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That's December 16th of next year. Right. Jason Momoa's back. Up, up against Avatar 2 right now. I did not Someone's going to blink on that one. There's no way that you go up against Avatar. I did not think the last Aquaman movie was terrible. It wasn't great, it's but not, it wasn't it's, terrible. Much like Venom, it's a bad movie, but my eyes weren't bored. Yeah. Like, Aquaman is dumb. But, <laughs> it really is. It's a but, like, I, th- that movie showed me a bunch of stuff I have never seen before. Yeah. Guys on sharks with lances and <laughs> Julie Andrews is a kaiju at the bottom of the sea. Like, yeah. like I'm not yeah. complaining about Aquaman. I, I, I had a pretty good time in Aquaman. Yeah. And those are kind of the biggest projects. And as I said, there's just tons of TV Shazam shows. Too. Yeah, and there's... The Peacemaker for HBO, the Blue Beetle. I mean, you can right. just go on Blue and Beetle's on. interesting. That's a good version of that character to use. Yeah. Uh, so overall, though, pretty impressive fandom. Yeah. A lot of stuff. I mean, I don't really like DC all that much, but I came out of that event being like, oh, okay, hot damn. You guys are making it happen. I mean, they're not letting We'll see if any of it's good. Right, but. exactly. But, like, <laughs> but I got to give them credit for just, they don't, they're trying. They don't slow down. Yeah. Like, they're they're not backing off. So yeah. They get knocked down a lot, but they do seem to keep, keep getting back up, so. Ain't nothing going to keep them down. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there you go. That's DC Fandom 2021. And now, it's time for Name That Game. It's a show, or it's a game that we play at the end of every episode of Game Face, where I give you a set of clues and you try to guess the name of the game. The twist is that you're playing against Matt. And so you need to guess the name of the game before Matt does. Uh, Matt, you won the first week, right? 
Was it the first one or the second one? No, the second, second one. Second one. And then the viewers won the next three weeks, and then you won last week. And mm-hmm. your performance last week was amazing. Um, and if you're new to this, you may be wondering, like, well, that's not fair because Matt's sitting there and there's a delay on the stream. You guys win all ties and then some. So if Matt announces the name of the game, I look over at the chat and I give you guys a few seconds to answer. Um, last week, I think somebody tried to, like, pull a fast one and like type in the name of the game after you said it. Um, and I still gave it to Matt. So I feel like I have a decent sixth sense on who actually wins these things. Um, if you win, you get a six pack of sifted stickers and we will ship them anywhere in the world. Does not matter where you live. Everyone's eligible. Um, and if you do beat Matt today at name that game, I'll let you guys, uh, know how to reach me to give me your shipping address and, uh, off we go. Uh, so as I said, I have a handful of clues, and they're, they're more ambiguous at first, and they become more obvious at the end. So by the time we get to the end, I, I hope at least that I'm providing clues that guarantee that someone's going to get it. And my goal is to make the game last until that last clue. I do my best every week. Sometimes I do okay. Sometimes I do terrible. We'll see how I do this week. So let's see. Here we are. We're ready for Name That Game. First clue. Well, you're going to want to catch the chat up. Yep. Yep. I'll put the chat up, and I'll get to the bottom of chat as well. Because, yeah, man, people had a lot of comments about all that DC stuff. Yeah, lots of comments. I'm glad they fired your woman from Aquaman 2. Hmm. <laughs> I know what that means. Didn't they? Did Look, they people fire, are already did they guessing fire Amber Heard? Look, they're already guessing games. Advent Rising, Commander Keen. Advent Rising is a good compa- a companion piece to two humans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, last week, Matt got too human on one clue. That was probably the most impressive uh, outing for Name That Game yet. All right, you guys ready? Darkness was a, was a longer shot, I thought. No, that's actually a good point. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. Yep. All right, here we go, guys. The first clue. This RPG is like a dream. This RPG is like a dream. Um, hmm. Darmus, thank you for Twitch Prime. I mean, my instant thought is El Shaddai. Not El Shaddai. Uh, that's not a dream. That's that's weird biblical crap. Nope. Eternal Sonata, no. That's a good one, though. That's a good guess. Two people guessed it. Eternal Sonata, no. Because it is a dream. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a hallucination that somebody's dying. Nope. Eternal Darkness is not really an RPG. No. So that's not right. Blue Dragon, no. Look, a, a bunch of people guessed the Sonata Chopin game. Yeah, it's not, though. A bunch of people did. Uh, Nino Kuni, no. Folklore PS3, no. Lost Odyssey, no. No, everyone's guessing Eternal Sonata. Well, Interesting. love Eternal Sonata. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, it's a solid guess. <laughs> yeah. Mario and Luigi Dream Team, no. But that's a good <laughs> guess, too. <laughs> My guess is that person typed in RPG Dream, and that's how they got that answer. Um, Lesteved, thanks for gifting the Tier 1 subs, man. That's awesome. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII, no. Final Fantasy X, no. Heavy Rain, no. Heavy Rain's not an RPG. Tales of Symphonia, no. Persona 4, no. Okay, we're going on to the next clue. Icarus has nothing on this game's cast. Icarus has nothing on this game's cast. Hmm. 
Catherine, no. Link's Awakening, no. To the Moon, no. Any guesses, Matt? First two clues. This RPG is like a dream. Second clue, Icarus has nothing on this game's cast. Chrono Trigger, no. Um, Owlboy, yeah. no. Owlboy's a good guess. Yep. Legendary Wings is not an RPG, so that's the only thing that made me nope. think of it. Okay, let's move on. Phoenix Rising, no. Pandora's Tower, no. Golden Sun, no. Chrono Cross, no. Oh! Pandora's Let's Tower. Let's got it. Skies of Arcadia? Skies of Arcadia. Good job. Yep. That's it. You win, Lestevid. It was Skies of Arcadia. Do you get you start getting the clues now? No. no. Uh, I mean, I get I get the second one because they this all RPG fly is like a dream. It was for a Dreamcast RPG. Uh, okay. The first clue, I hope you guys never get it from that. The second one, Icarus has nothing on this game's cast. Um, and then the cast is the Skies. Dream. And then I'll read the rest of the clues. No matter your vice, you'll find something to like. The lead character's name was Vice. Vice. Yeah. Um, the fourth clue was, it's a pirate's life for you. Yeah. And they are sky pirates. Um, and then the last clue was, Sega just closed one in Akihabara, mm. an arcade. So yeah. I think no matter what, somebody was going to get it. Um, but we only made it to what the second clue. And he got it. Les mm. David. Good job, bro. Congratulations. Uh, if you guys want to ask us any questions for Q&A, we're going to do that right now. Um, so if you can get him in while I kind of message to Lesteva what he needs to do, um, you can either DM us here on Twitch, on our Twitch channel. You can send me a DM on Twitter. I am at Dinfire. You can send me send us a message on Patreon, or you can go to the Sifted site, sifted.net, and you can send me a private message at Shane. Uh, any of those will work. Make sure you include your real name, your real full name, and your full address. Make sure you include all of it. Um, the, the zip code, the country code, if you need it, the province, if it's a part of it, make sure you include everything. Um, and we will be sure to get those stickers out to you ASAP. Congratulations once again, Lesteved. I'm happy to see that you won because you're on our stream every week. It's great to give back to the people who are supporting us week in and week out by showing up and, uh, doing the show with us. (laughs) Nightwing says, guess it wasn't 50 cent blood in the sand. Congratulations again, Lestevid. Uh, we just hit level three of the hype train. Thanks to everybody who's given us bits. And JM Rain just gifted a bunch of subs. Thank you for that. You guys are awesome, awesome. <coughs> All right, let's get to a few questions. Um, Gino Mike, a risque question. Have you seen Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special? Thoughts? I have not. Have I you? I have not. I have no interest in him. <coughs> you don't like Chappelle? I like the Chappelle show from 20 years ago or whatever. You don't like his stand-up? Uh, not when he decides to rip on trans people, no. No. He can go fuck himself. I, I don't even know what's up with that whole thing. He, de- he declares himself a TERF. What is what is a TERF? TERF stands for trans-exclusionary radical feminist, which basically means that they don't believe that uh, trans women are women, oh. and they don't get to be part of the feminist movement. Does he really call himself that, or is that what you're calling him? I mean, he says it as kind of a joke. He's, he's like, I'm on team TERF. Oh, he so he actually uses that term. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and in the end, it's supposed to be sort of a thing where he's like making fun of everybody because he jokes about everybody. But it's like there's a difference between punching up and punching down, and he punches down a lot. And I'm not really a fan of that. So uh, okay. I can understand why people are not pleased with him. Okay. I had no idea what was going on. I knew there was some kind of a dust up, but I had no clue of any of the details about it. So, uh, okay. Let's go to some more questions. He's, he's He has a really bad track record with uh, LGBT stuff. 
Okay. Always has. Um, sneaky. Not a question, but feedback. Don't know if I'm in the minority, but I love these slow weeks and the mad tangents you guys go down. It's fun hearing old stories. Okay. Um, I do wonder sometimes if people get sick of us telling old stories. Because mm. um, a lot of people who may be potential viewers of the show weren't even alive when a lot of this stuff happened to us. It's kind of funny. Uh, but we are who we are, and we went through these things, and uh, I think it's okay to share those stories every once in a while. Um, Minority Games, what do you think of Watch Dogs Legion now? I just started, and it seems fun with the DLC. I mean, I thought it was fun yeah, I beforehand. We didn't hate the it. game. But I have I did load it up a couple weeks ago to try to decide whether to delete it or not, and I just couldn't quite figure out what I was doing anymore. Uh, it was like it was one of those things where yeah. like it's been so long since I played it, I couldn't remember what to do. And I played a little bit, and I was like, eh, I'm kind of done. We liked the game when it came out. Yeah, the problem I liked was it, it came out when there was all this other stuff to play, and it just kind of got overshadowed. That game should have probably and right come as out. the and right as the new systems came out, and yeah, all, it, it was, was just poor timing for it. Unfortunately, it looks real nice on the Series X. I booted it up just to see what it looked yeah. like, and it, yeah, it wow. It's a, it's a ch- after playing like thirty hours of it on the old One uh, uh, X. Yep. Loading on the Series X, it's like, a whoa. Step up. It, it was yeah, a, me too. Yeah, my eyes. I was like, oh, okay. Like, oh, that's a difference. <laughs> yeah. Certainly more than uh, Valhalla was. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Way more. Because Legion has the ray tracing. So. Ah, that explains it. Yep, makes a big difference. Uh, yeah. So. We weren't hating on the game when it came out. It just no. came out in a really crowded time, and we just didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's amazing. That's all. Yeah, it's just it's it's fine. It's, it's good. Yep. Um, let's see. It does have kind of a. I guess it feels like the concept of Watchdog should be a better game than all three of them have been. I'd agree with that. I that's sort of the frustration with Watchdogs. I was more excited for the franchise before I ever played the first one than I ever ended up getting enjoyment out of the series. Still, yeah, you, you to keep, this day, there's just a constant sort of like maybe this time with what maybe I guess it's I have a hard time believing they're ever going to make another one of them. So you think they won't make another one ever? I mean, they gave it three shots. They've put a lot of money into that they, IP, man. Yeah. Whew. that's a tough. They even that's t- a tough one. They even tied it into the uh, Assassin's Creed universe. They did in a desperate last. <laughs> Last ditch effort to save it, I think. Uh, okay, let's get to some more questions. So, ashes in the hourglass. Why do you think they haven't made a Batman Beyond film yet? That's a better question for you. Um, I mean that's that's a pretty good question. I think the answer is mostly that Batman Beyond is too new. Uh, the answer is pretty much that someone who grew up with Batman Beyond needs to be progressed in Warner Brothers studio hierarchy to the point that they are one of the people making the green light decisions. Mm. Okay. So, sort of like what happened with the Raimi Spider-Mans. Like, we got a good Spider-Man movie finally. When, I mean, someone finally made a Spider-Man movie, and it was a good Spider-Man movie for its time because Sam Raimi grew up reading Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was what was required. Yeah. Like, you need someone to be... It's, why is the Marvel Cinematic Universe doing so well? Because Kevin Feige grew up reading all these comics and cares about them and loves them and is taking care of that that IP properly. Yeah. Like, that's what ha- needs to happen is someone someone who knows this stuff and loves this stuff and knows why everyone else loves it needs to be in place and saying, hey, Batman Beyond is a viable property and you, we should make something out of it. I think it's more likely that Rocksteady gets a Batman Beyond game out before we get a Batman Beyond movie, but who knows? Okay. Um, let's go back. A couple That's, more questions. That cartoon series still holds up, by the way. All the old DC anima- animated stuff holds up. Just got some more emotes. I don't know how to make this stupid. Okay, I couldn't figure out how to make it go away earlier. That the emotes that pop up on the right. 
Um, here's a good one. The Big Smoke 82. I'm picking up a game tomorrow. Either Metroid Dread on Switch or Crisis Trilogy on Series X. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm going Dread in that case. Crisis Trilogy. Mm. It's it's tough. It's a I mean, I have close been, call. I have been playing the Crisis remasters a little bit. Because 2 and 3 just came out, right? 2 and 3 just came out. Um, and the 2 and 3 remasters are much better jobs than, than the, one, the first than one. The, than the first one was. The first one seems like it's been cleaned. It runs a little better. I mean, it was on Series X, so the problem was it runs like crap on the previous gen systems, so I don't know if that's been fixed or not in the mm-hmm. new release or if they patched anything. Um, but 2 and 3 run real well. Um, and I like 2 quite a bit. I always like 2 the best, and I'm pretty pleased with it. Um... Uh, it's hard to p- compare that to That's Metroid. That's a tough one, yeah. That's a really tough one. Although Metroid, I think, is more expensive. It so probably is Metroid's more Metroid's 10 bucks more than yeah. the, the Crisis Trilogy. Um, I would, I would, I don't know. I'd probably go Dread. I'd probably go Crisis. Yeah. If you like Crisis. I mean, it shows you, though. We're split down the middle. It's a tough um, choice, for sure. Yeah. Uh, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a good question. To me, it's like I, I also played those also crisis the, games so long ago that yeah, I mean I think they're still pretty fun. Like I, I still enjoy Crisis Two quite a bit because it is kind of a superhero game. Yeah, using, yeah. using the, the powers of the suit and super speed and super strength and mm-hmm. jump and everything. I mean it's it's cool. Like it, they get better as they go. Usually, I think two and three are better than one for yeah. sure. Uh, one has a lot of rough edges and sort of a product of its time, certainly in terms of how it directs you to places. It's funny that it's still yeah. used as a graphical benchmark yeah. all it's these also, years later. <laughs> it's also weird playing, especially the first one, playing that again because, like, it, the temptation is to play it like Far Cry, and they keep talking about using the cloak and stuff, but you're yeah. not really supposed to stealth your way through that game. You're supposed to use the cloak to get in close so you and can, then you know, like, pop out and, like, yeah. blow everybody away yeah. but, and, like, use the armor to keep yourself alive long enough to finish the firefight. Um, it's just a very different way of playing a shooter that doesn't really exist anymore. It's, it takes a while. It took. I remember playing them back when they came out. It took a while for it to click. Yeah, too. it definitely, and it did again this time. But after yeah. it did, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember the sprinting across things at super speed. Like this, yeah. it's cool. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And also, it's nice to see that the remasters on two and three came out better because the the, the I can't remember the name of the company, but I know that that's the same company doing the next gen update for Witcher three. Oh. Uh, which got rated today. Really? Uh, uh, so it must be coming pretty soon. Wow. Looking forward to that. That game will look amazing. Um, okay, let's see what's next. Um, Mitchell is alive, Microsoft, and he spells it with the dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, when I see that, what's, what's the first word that comes to mind when you see the MS with the dollar sign? Fanboy. <laughs> Yep, or, I hate to tell or you, Mitchell. So- Sony with a dollar sign for the S. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> That's funny. And I guess Nintendo with a cent sign for the E? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being honest. When I see that, the first thing I think is fanboy. Um, MS is still rumored to have one more big developer slash publisher purchase. Um, what do you think it might be versus what would you think it should be? I mean, I guess there's a Crystal Dynamics rumors flying around, but I don't know. That's if those, not a bad purchase. I don't know if that has any basis in fact, though. Like, yeah. That just be talk. I mean, there now that Blue Point's gone, there aren't many left that well, aren't already a part of some other publisher. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't. You get, I guess Jap- like Rocksteady. That would be you know, a great purchase, you know, probably. Rocksteady, I guess. Yeah, or some, you know, Warner Brothers seems to be willing to let some of its. Things like when that, I saw Netherrealm mentioned at some point. I don't even know if that would be on the table. Netherrealm, um, though, there's there's such a. I mean, they're great, 
And look, they I only lo- do one thing. Though. Yeah, they do one thing. And Rocksteady kind of only does one thing, but I feel like they have the ability to do more. Yeah. I honestly do not know if NetherRealm could make anything yeah. but a fighting game. Well, the yeah. Well, the other question about Rocksteady is like, once you remove the DC license from Rocksteady, what you got? What do you got? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. The other thing I would think is like I don't know if they're major publishers, but I would def- if I were Microsoft, I'd be looking at some of these up and coming studios out of South Korea. Yeah, like some of those 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 devs over there are doing incredible work. That like you're looking you're looking at these things, and you're like, where did that come from? It's like well, because we're not paying attention. Yeah, if you hook if you suck up a couple of the really good ones over there, and have them churning out like AAA stuff for you over the next decade, like you could have some you could have the next Skyrim on your hands. You don't yeah. know. Like that's that's yeah. where a lot of really good talent's going to be coming from the next ten to fifteen years. That's where I would be focusing, but that's not obviously a major developer. The question is talking about like a p- picking up someone that's like a household name yeah. to gamers, and I, I, that's not. There's not a lot of them left. It's a hard. Call. It would be. It would be a surprise. I think whoever it would be it would probably be a surprise because you might be taking them away from another company that's selling them off or something. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of independent big names left. Nope, they've all been certainly not. That, certainly not now that Bethesda's been purchased. So yeah. I mean, from software still out there. That's yeah, that would be a big deal. Yep. God, there'd be people, but they people never would be mad about that. <laughs> yes, they would. Furious. Yeah. People would be like, "Well, I guess I have to buy guess that." Got to buy an Xbox now. Yeah. No choice. Um. Oh, Lesteved. Like I didn't know this was his was his screen name. Lesteved is actually coming into the studio for an episode of Game Face here in the near future. Um, he asked me for the dates, and I gave them to him. I think he's still trying to figure out when he's going to be in Los Angeles. I didn't. Sorry, Steve. I didn't realize that that was your screen name here in uh, Twitch. So awesome that he won, uh, because he basically pledged a ton of money to us to be able to come on the show. We appreciate it very much. Um, so you'll get to see him in person, sitting next to Matt in the not too distant future, uh, once we figure out the date. Um, Cinetike says, "For me, I was born in '84. I love the old stories." Okay. Feel free to tell us if you hate stuff. Like, we're not going to be offended. At this point, I don't know what it would take for me to be offended, Matt. I've been through the ringer in this industry so many times. Like, I don't even know what it would take to offend me at this point. Uh, Let's see. Um, Are there any more? Uh, Minority Games, are you excited for Shin Megami Tensei Five? Are you excited for it, Matt? I don't think I can be excited for Shin Megami Tensei. To me, it's, it's the... The mainline series is just so long and deep and, like, it, it, it's, it, having to play it feels like a chore now. Yeah. I'm re- I'll say this. I'm ready for another one of those games. It's been three years since I'm re- I played I'm ready to 5. Pl- I'm ready to play another 10 hours of Shin Megami Tensei because I have to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> It'll be a lot more than 10 hours. I guarantee that. Um well, I'm not saying I'm going to finish it, but I feel but like after, gonna spend ten- after 10 hours, I think I'm going to know one way or the other whether I like it or not. That's we'll funny. see if I go any further. Uh, I would not say I'm excited for it, no, but I am ready for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I a, am mentally prepared for Shin Megami Tensei like, 5. It's a yeah. commitment. And it's like after Persona 5, like I was good for three years. I had no interest in playing games yeah. like that. But I mean, I'm, at least Shin Megami Tensei 5 is going to be more of a straightforward dungeon crawl. That's true. A lot less teen drama and, yeah. and high school's time management and stuff. You know, yeah. it's, it's a much more straightforward game. It is, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll be playing that pretty soon. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome, man. We appreciate it. Uh, he asked, what's the story of the Yoshi egg? Um, 
There really isn't a story. Nintendo sent it to me. Well, the two Yoshis love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> One swallows the other, and then an egg comes out. <laughs> Nintendo sent me some game in it. Like, it, um, the top half comes off, and you can hide stuff in it if you want to. And Nintendo sent me some Yoshi game years ago, and it had, mm-hmm. like, the cart inside the egg. Um, anyway, that's if there is a story, that's all there is. Uh, is there any more? Jam Rain 99 playing any scary games in October to celebrate Halloween? I don't have any plans specifically. No. If something comes along, I will. I'll probably play the Fatal Frame Maiden of Black Water oh, remaster. It's not a bad call. call. That's out like right before th- uh, Halloween. Yeah, there's no real big high-profile horror games coming out for no. Halloween this year. There's a couple of indie things that are releasing around Halloween-ish. Um, and I think there's some DLC for, like, Dead by Daylight, I think. Yeah, Dead by Daylight has some new stuff coming out. Stuff like um, that. But there's no big new horror game release. Yeah. I mean, the big horror game currently is a game most of us haven't even played called Phasmophobia. Yeah. So yeah. that's the big streaming horror phenomenon. Yeah. I used to a big update to that. But. Okay. Um, I've watched Midnight Mass on Netflix, which I freaking loved. Mm. Um, if anyone, it's not a slasher show. It is... It's a little smarter than that. Um, a lot of people say that it started too slow for them. And I will say, the first episode, real slow. Um, by the time you get to the second episode, it gets moving. And by the time you get to the third episode, it just takes off. So I highly recommend it. I have a feeling that a couple of the people on there may at least be nominated for some awards for their performances, particularly the guy that uh, plays the priest. Uh, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for something for Halloween, I highly recommend checking that out. Midnight Mass on Netflix. Um, one last one from Ed Rock, The Truth. Do you think Nintendo will adjust the online, online price if there's not many subscribers or any current members upgrading? I can't justify spending 30 more a year. Yeah, I don't know if you were here for the beginning of the show. It was one of the topics today. Um, and actually, in like the middle of the show. Um, and Matt and I are right there with you. We also agree with you that that's entirely too much. Mm-hmm. But I also do not think that Nintendo will adjust its tactic at all. No, I, I do think maybe sometime next year we might see them bring some tier pricing in, where like you can get, uh, you know, you can you can add just on the N sixty four extra classic games, retro games, and not get the D, whatever the DLC is. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. I would be surprised if Nintendo adjusts because I just. One, I just feel like there's going to be more than enough hardcore Nintendo fans that are going to pay it. That this, Nintendo's not even going to bat an eye. They I mean, may kind of depends what disappointed, the, but it kind of depends what the strategy is going for, like what they give away. Like if it's yeah. going to be like the Breath of the Wild two DLC, most people are going to buy that anyway, so it might be a good investment at that point. If you're going to give away Mario Party DLC, might not be as popular. You know, like but that's the problem though. They're asking you to pay before you, in some cases, know what you're paying for. Well, yeah, well, that's a season pass. I mean, we know obviously general. this time is Animal Crossing. I honestly thought that maybe for that amount of money, you just get all the DLC for the year for all Nintendo stuff. That would be very un-Nintendo of them. But it would make sense. It would make it worth it, and I think people would then subscribe. Yeah, but that would be very un-Nintendo of them Yeah, to give you a value no, right. for your money. A value for your money. You're right. Lowering the price of something also would be very, yes, that would be out of very un-Nintendo-like. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Game Face Episode 275. Another reminder that we are not here next Tuesday. I said it at the beginning. I'm saying it here at the end. We are not live next Tuesday. The show is happening next Wednesday. Again, I'm out of town over the long weekend. I will be back. I would be back in time for a Tuesday show. I will not be back in time to play games, so we have a good Tuesday show. So we're pushing it to Wednesday. Same time, though, 1 p.m. Pacific, 
4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Um, if you're listening to this show out on the wilds of the internet, we're everywhere. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Stitcher. We're on pretty much everything. And if you are listening to it, at this very moment, look down at your phone and give us a review. Give us a, and I'm telling you, give us a five-star review. Because <laughs> we deserve it, damn it. We're delivering you three hours of great gaming discussion every week. Those reviews make a big difference. Uh, it helps you in rankings on the podcast services. So somebody signs up through our new podcast service. They're like, what do you like? And they type in video games. The more reviews that we have, as long as they're good, the more we pop up in those lists. And it gives us a chance to find new listeners who then may or may not become patrons or support us with Twitch Prime or whatever. Um, so it makes a big difference for us. If you've never reviewed the show, and maybe you've been listening to it for six years, and you still haven't reviewed the show on a podcast service, it would be great if you did that. Again, it makes a big, big difference for us. Um, and if you've been listening to the show, and you're like, hey, I'd like to support those guys because I want the show to keep happening, head to patreon.com sifted. That's sifted without an E. You can pledge whatever you want. A dollar, hundred dollars, a million dollars a month. You can do it. Make it happen. Um, and if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Dinfire. If you want to find Matt, he's at mkyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. And if you want to know when everything's happening with Sifted, when our, maybe you can't afford to pay and you want to, just want to know when our shows go up for free on YouTube, follow us at Sifted Games, and we announce everything there. The minute it goes up on YouTube or anywhere where it's free or where it's paid, we announce it at that Twitter handle. So I think that's it. We've got an eight-day break here before we come back. Um, I'm actually headed to Las Vegas this weekend. Wish me luck. <laughs> I need it because I have normally have terrible luck. And I don't really gamble anyway. I'm just going to like hang out with uh, some friends um, who I haven't seen for a really long time. So I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Hope you guys have some great games to play. We'll see you next Wednesday. Game Face is up and out. <laughs>